Uh, uh, hey. Okay, so Dalton, you want to, you want to, want to what? We're on the so- start that so centrally. Yeah. Alright, Dalton, you want to tell them the story about our trip to the subway? I'll tell what them I did. <laughs> uh, what, yeah. is, what are these girls giggling dude, about? He's, he's trying to like not burp into the mic, <laughs> <laughs> but he, the side of his mouth is still just three inches from the fucking microphone. <laughs> hey, I got the headphones on. You, all right, he trying can to literally turn away. Yeah. But he doesn't have to be on mic. <laughs> but he's he's trying to maintain the distance. Yeah, still, still an audio medium. He's yeah. so he's so well trained, yeah. dude. Yeah, I'll tell I'll tell yeah. the story about our little trip to Subway. So yeah, Jesse and I were on our way out to the special boys cabin trip. Uh, us little boys get together and we just paint nails and watch movies and tell spooky stories. Do each other's hair. Yeah, do each other's hair. Mike doesn't have any, no. but we do it. The typical stuff. No hair. No we dick. just draw hair on them. And <laughs> no no hair. Design. Not a bit of dick. No. Not <laughs> a bit of hair. Out of it. With a never sharpie. had any, never will. We're driving down, uh, kind of like going through the sticks a little bit. And so Jesse and I, you know, he just got off work. He's hungry. So we stop in at a subway. Now, I am a connoisseur of Subway. I know everything on the menu, and I'm I know not. what I'm getting. Jesse... I haven't been to a Subway in probably like three years. And he looks you, at... But you that. live in a Subway with your family. <laughs> oh, you mean the, oh, you mean the restaurant. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Totally different. So Jesse definitely is the most well-put-together-looking person in this group. And we walk into this Subway, and Jesse just takes the lead so confidently struts up to this woman <laughs> in a black visor that says eat fresh and he with goes, the most stoic look on her face too by the way the like, most like clutch. slack-jawed look ready for him <laughs> and he goes uh yeah i want to get a sandwich we're at fucking subway yeah what kind of bread do you want i want the everything bread <laughs> and she at first she just didn't hear him right she's yeah. like what well, i'm sorry what do you want i'm already yeah, kind want, of a mumbler i want the uh, i want the everything bread like, what is the everything bread? Yeah, the everything bread just with everything on it. Sir, we don't have that. This motherfucker who looks like he works at an Einstein Brothers Bagel Company walks in and the man, tells the this, manager. this poor oh, lady who only ever knows putting cheese on top of dough. <laughs> <laughs> I want everything bread. I thought like the next bagel. word was going to be, yeah, I'll take the everything bread with a French dip. And could you put the au jus on the side? And she was going to look at him like, we don't have any of those fucking ingredients. <laughs> and then, Jesus. Like, I, don't, I don't understand. They they do bread. What what yeah. you expect? What yeah, they do that, bread. Is, that is not their fucking slogan, <laughs> no. Jesse. They, no. yeah. Subway, we do bread. <laughs> Most of their bread is nothing but just sugar yeah. and salt on top of it with some cheese or some shit. It's yeah. like a, a focaccia or something. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's like dried hard like play-doh cheese on top of bread i, mean, I do that, like that, their fucking bread though yeah it's not bad yeah, well you're a little sugar goblin yeah of course well i do. guess that's it what well, the smell you're the same guy that eats syrup bread for breakfast well, they, like you it's smell the bread at least and you can almost you can almost forget that their spokesman was a ch- sir 
Oh, uh, we, all, we did forget that until you <laughs> brought it up. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I didn't besmirch Subway's name, but you did, so that's. Oh a, no, I think Jared Fogel did that. No, which was no. weird that Jared ended up being that because he looked super fucking normal. Yeah, for that entire run of his career. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, career. Did, 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 did anyone ever fucking look more like a chomo than Jared from Subway? Well, I mean, if he had just gotten the everything bread, then he probably, you know, would would have had any issues. <laughs> <laughs> he he would have. Had to resort yeah. to what he did. Yeah, if he yeah. had just had everything yeah. bread, yeah, really <laughs> did surprise. I love Jesse walks in here. He's already got the most teeth, and he <laughs> now they're not all straight. He's wearing these like tortoise shell glasses <laughs> and like a nice looking shirt. It has a collar, so it's nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> he walks in. You got a target. That's Can what I defines get... a nice shirt. Yeah, yeah. Can I get the everything bread? And she must just... be the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong, like we're hill people. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, without but a doubt. this was just is just the fucking juxtaposition of Jesse walking in there just so confidently, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go in here and get an onion bagel. And with cream cheese on the side. And they'll probably have uh, smoothies, low-fat, <laughs> light ones that I can pick from. It's like, Jesse, go in there. Actually, do you have any protein a, shakes? Yeah. Get a fucking Dr. Pepper poured <laughs> on top of a fucking spicy Italian sandwich. That's what you eat. Damn, that's that what you eat. Good. That does sound good. Really yeah. yeah. well, we should probably reach out well, to Jared at Subway. Well, yeah. You're not going to believe this, but I just got some dick. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've never been hard in my life. He's but a real life boy. Someone wished upon a star. <laughs> Dreams do come true. No, I'm, I don't. I don't burp. <laughs> yeah. <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to '90s Roulette, the podcast where we spin the wheel to find out what media we cover from the only decade worth talking about. Does everything still glitter as gold through rose tinted glasses, or not? Mm-hmm. Not. <laughs> Go ahead, Jesse. Beans. <laughs> I'm Michael, and with me is I'm Jesse. I'm Dalton. I'm Garrett. Garrett, you want to tell the audience what we spend this week? Uh, we got, for our movie, She's All That. Um, and for our music video, we got Mambo Number no. 5 by Lou Bega. And the television show is The Adventures of Pete and Pete. And without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into She's All That. Change it. Stomach Punch Gushers with a taste that's gonna drive you fruity. It's very, very different. But you ain't two girls, which one we gonna pick? pick. I'd rather pick Laney cause Taylor be talking shh. She thinks she's all of that with everything in between. But who's about to be prom queen? Laney. Well, Taylor used to be the thing, but now she's not. Laney's going for prom queen and Taylor's hot. But we don't give a damn about Taylor Vaughn. Cause Taylor's fading out and Laney's on. If I can get with Laney, yo, it'd be real cool. With the queen by my side, we run the whole damn school. Yo, keep it on the break and I'ma keep this cool. Cool. Taylor did Zach for a carnival. All for the high school jock named Brock. Well, my man, click on the beatbox. 
Lean. Right. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's all, all that. that. Yeah. All right, can I just go ahead and get it out of the way that I hate teen drama movies? It's not a drama, so it's a comedy, Jesse. It's, well, it, okay, sure. Yeah, that, uh, let's. Teen I'll, dramedy. Let's I'll say the one way. good thing about this movie is that it really made me want to watch not another teen movie. Yes. Because yes. It, yeah. it says yes. everything I want to say about it. Yes. A hundred percent. In the exact manner that I wish I could display everything. Like, I remember I mean, when I saw that thinking it was funny, but now after having watched this, I realize this is the God, perfect it parody. It, yeah, it yeah. gets it so good. Yeah, it's, I mean, that, that's what, two years later? It's like 2001 or something like that? Like, they wasted no time tearing apart all that late 90s like teen sort of sexy will they won't they like, meet can't hardly wait yes. yeah just uh, like cruel intentions just I think stupid never shit where it's like 25 to 30 year olds and American a high Pie I mean that was a that, huge yeah, one yeah that's run like it's a party venue this was There's no so this, supervision this is 99 when we're kind of like at a weird spot in the 90s and this, uh, particularly in movies it's like this is right before when you're still having those like teen dramas that aren't really just about sex and this is right before you get into the like the sex teen sex comedies and gross out comedies of like the yeah. early 2000s like american pie which even shit. american yeah. pie is is misleading because everyone went to that thinking like this is going to be the fucking porkies of our generation and you go see it and it's like no it's a very sincere movie where a guy does fuck up high in one scene but for the most part it's like uh, they get to the end and all go, did you lose your virginity? And it's like, no, we decided to wait. Or, yeah, and it was beautiful. And it's like a softer movie than you think it's going to be. It's really not that, like, gross of a movie. And She's All That has zero of that. It is just the epitome of every stereotypical archetype character from high school that's just exemplified and given free reign to run around in this like wackadoodle ass so, setting where like no said, one like you said yesterday this is no one's high school experience <laughs> exactly no, 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 no. these characters no. it's a massive not- high school it's it's one of those things like when you're you know you're younger and you always saw high school represented in movies or tv and you're like my high school doesn't am i going to a shitty school because right. this, this i was movie, always like i don't feel like a real person unless i have a locker like that or this movie um, is like what i imagine your 13 year old older brother is like yeah high school is just like it's gonna be like this it's gonna have all this and you're gonna like you're gonna people are gonna bully you and make fun of you a whole lot you do get stuffed into lockers it's a real problem yeah. you do so I, I People will, are gonna sell you elevator passes to the roof. Uh, yeah, the yeah. yeah. pass yeah. on the roof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I will None put forth the, uh, the the defense that um, if viewed from the correct lens, I think this is, is itself a parody of these types of movies. Yeah, I and that not another team movie is actually redundant. I mean, even the jokes that not another team movie, they don't. Some scenes they don't even change anything from. She's all that. Because no. it's they such just re- a fucking like the, joke. Yeah, like the thing where he's walking through and he looks at his portrait on the on the wall and he right. turns around and he's making the same face. It's the exact same scene. They don't change anything about it. No, the only thing uh, that, that not enough teen movie's doing is like it's a little more of a wink to the camera. Of, yeah. Or like it's the, the line delivery is a little more like ironic and uh, breaking the fourth wall maybe. That's yeah. it, mm-hmm. but it's word for word the same thing. They copy and pasted this thing. Yeah, I, I would say like because she's all that really does kind of 
it really does elevate things to maybe not 11 but 10 that uh, they exaggerate yeah, a lot of it's the things ridiculous. Where it's There's, like it's far so I cool. mean yeah. every time you see fucking Foggy Nelson in the movie he's he has no personality other than being the fattest person in school and Which he's, he's always he's not he's like, no he's not yeah. even that big of a guy you just see him like with with a fucking cauldron of shrimp at the end I, I'm gonna get to that shit. Yeah. but it's like every time that. you see him he's eating more and more food it's to not a even just point. him though right it's like oh he He's the wacky fat friend to the nerd girl. It's right. like, well, he's really not that fat. And she's so hideously ugly of an art girl. Well, she's actually kind of cute. I could never get gorgeous. past that. It's, it, yeah. it's like, wh- what, 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 who is being the judge, jury, and executioner of this shit where everyone's like, oh, he talked to me. Yeah, he didn't even know your fucking name. Who yeah. cares? Like, yes. My high school experience is that every girl, the cute ones, look like her. Like they all right. look like her, like, yeah. Like yeah. like the inaccessible, like the prettiest, most popular girl was maybe close to what Lainey is in this, and Lainey is considered like a fucking ghoul in this movie. Yeah, for it's, no reason. Yeah, everyone I, I, hates on yeah, her. Yeah, because she uh, wears what? Wears overalls. Because she wore overalls. Yeah. She, like, overalls. she had her hair in a ponytail. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh, gross. <laughs> it, yeah, she wears glasses. God damn it. Uh, and you're right, like like all the settings in this movie, like I guess it's not even like a classist thing in any sense, because you would think that Lainey would be like she lives on the other side of the tracks yeah, and like impoverished. They, yeah, like they live in a poor home. They're like their work a day, like it's a single dad raising two kids. Their house is fucking palatial. There are two stories. She's got a basement studio that is right. massive. She has a pool out back. Like Lainey's doing fucking it's a well. Fucking Wayne Manor over yeah, her house. To your point, yeah. Jared, her, is, like, is that the joke or is like is it, is this just the 90s? I mean, sometimes like, it really does the this 90s. 90s poor. The way, yeah, I think the way they reveal some things it is like an intentional joke but there's a weird tonal shift. That, there's a part where he comes down and he finds her painting uh, or not it's before that it's when she's like painting a self-portrait of herself and it does that pain and she's like it's a portrait of her, herself as a clown and it's like that feels that feels like an intentional joke kind of it's gotta it's be just, yeah it's just, well okay yeah. so, so okay so i do think that they are doing something funny with art because the scene where freddie prince jr it's pretty early on when he's trying to feign interest and in saying like yeah I, i'm interested in art like that's what i want to learn about that's why i'm coming to you because that's who you're right that's what your identity is she goes he goes to the art show with her and the fucking thing they go see it's like a guy in a parachute with two dwarves with their faces yeah. painted green and they're writhing around in this thing while it's like, like a birthing scene right something it's yeah just, yeah, yeah. While, it's just while screens play like forest fires and like oil spills and then they get out there and talk about like capitalism or whatever and then he gets up there because he's the new guy in, in the class he gets up there and he just wings a whole like hacky sack a hacky sack like um performance uh, piece of don't let it drop and this is some parallel to the pressure he feels to not disappoint it's like yeah we get it wow you have a personality correct and and they love it like they go crazy for it and i think the whole point of that is what the filmmakers were doing was like yeah art is bullshit it's completely interpretive it's all bullshit that that is the one thing about this movie that i'll say is that like you know in in a lot of these movies where it's about like freaks and geeks and popular people across the way. Yeah. They focus so hard on like, oh, well, the freaks and geeks are like the redeemable people. Those are the relatable people. Those are the ones you root for and cheer for because you were there, right? right. And the popular people are shitty and awful and they have no good personality traits whatsoever. Right. No redeeming qualities. Yeah. So. But in this movie, 
like yeah the some of the popular kids in the high school are just exaggerated for shells to just be ridiculous uh, yeah. Just like they are in other movies, but in this one, it also makes fun of the art kids just as much. One of the very first scenes where she's like showing this heavy think piece about like underprivileged children or child labor—I don't know—it's some weird thing. And her teacher comes over and she's like, "Yeah, so what does this mean to you?" Or or something like that. Like, how does this affect you? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, man, just get your head out of your own house. Just do what you know, or something. Well, man. Th- the opening of the movie, it show. I guess it's like it's like a montage, kind of introducing you to the different characters, and you see her working on her piece, and she's yeah. doing like, uh, like a like a collage. Yeah. And it's like Iggy Pop, and then like starving people in Mogadishu, and like the Rwandan massacre or something. But it's playing like a shitty late '90s like some forty-one pop song, while showing this shit, and you're just squinting like, who was the editor here? Like, is this what they were going for with yeah, her piece? Then you see her piece, and it has like these industrial pipes sticking out of it. Like fucking Terry Gilliam was an art class or something. Like I'm not sure what the thing is supposed to be, but I think that's what they're doing. Is like art is bullshit, and like Lainey is a likable character, but only likable compared to all the completely irredeemable people. Yeah. Everyone yeah. kind of sucks. Sucks in the movie. Yeah. No yeah, one's like, of, like they, she's not approachable sort of, or fun. There's two like because they have the sort of like class thing going on between the rich popular kids and the art kids, right? And but it they're looks all like rich. You're looking. Well, <laughs> yeah, but, then the but, other right, art kids are rich. Yeah, they're all yeah. rich. But it, it, yeah, it's it's sort of like they're pointing out two sides of a coin where like on the one side you have the daft popular kids who don't care about anything and are stupid and this is the peak live yeah like the shallow social life and that's their peak and then the other kids who live this highbrow avant-garde like life that doesn't mean anything to anyone and and then everyone else who just fawns over these people is basically the rest of the school because everything is almost centered around zach and his presence that I just this movie yeah, is like it. even her her little brother uh uh Kieran Culkin, Kieran Culkin is yeah. fucking just like all and all every time Zach he's like Zach my man he like yeah he's so excited but like that's really everyone in the movie as far as like his life is concerned but fuck does this movie feel like just some 16 year old sat around and they're like okay 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 uh what's the cool main character's name gonna be what is it what is it it's gotta be something with a Z Zach. Zach. Okay, his last name, what is it? What is it? It's cool and villainous, right? Siler. Yeah, (laughs) Zach Siler. This dude could be a hero. I I will say this, like, they did good casting... Freddie Prince Jr. is was never meant to be a leading man. Like, he is... He has the charisma of, like, fucking, like, a, a sponge. I mean, it's just... There's nothing really there, but this foil is Paul Walker, has anyone ever had a more fucking punchable face than Paul Walker when he's young? He there? does a Man, really God, good job playing dude. a piece of shit in this movie. And yeah. I actually don't feel like Freddie Prince Jr. did a bad job. No, like fine. I, I no, kind of feel no. like he delivered no, I, I, no, what I think you it's fine. expected. He did what you're supposed to. He plays the straight man that learns something, and yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's not—it's not like he's an idiot. Like he's. 
He's one of the smartest people in the school. He's yeah. in all these Ivy League schools and everything. It's like, yeah, I get it. Oh, no, you're going to have to decide between what success path you want to take. Like, right. I get like That's your whole Th- that's point. That's how they humanize him is like, I don't want to go to Harvard or Rhodes. I want to go. I want to he- go to Dartmouth. I, I want to yeah. go to art school. I don't want to go where my dad wants me to go. Yeah. yeah. That's, go to- that's, his, that's like his, the entire foil of his character. Yeah. Go to art school with me, Laney, so we can stay together for two semesters and break up. Yeah. And his dad's actually kind of cool about it when he finds fine. it. Yeah, totally he is, fine. Yeah, he's totally fine. Yeah. Somebody even tells him that too. Maybe it's Laney. Somebody in the movie at some point says like, have you tried talking to him about it? And he yeah. just kind of like, what? Like, yeah, huh? I never like, would have All of the that. solutions for these characters' problems are so fucking tangible, it could be handled like in an afternoon. Right. You know, right. Like, I don't know what the relatability is here. No. And it's so strange because we go from like 1995, you have like dangerous minds. Where you see that and you're like, oh shit, there's the uh, there's the other side of the tracks right there, and even that's sort of comical by today's standards because you're hearing like a lot of man, that's whack. You're wigging, man. You're hearing like all this terminology that's just completely outdated, and you're hearing it and she's yeah. all that. But then we get to 1999, like the end of the 90s, when pop music is just reigning supreme. Like alternative is fucking dead. We have new metal and corn and pop. And she's all that is like the teen experience movie. And none of these characters, even back then, were relatable. It was always sort of like a pedestal thing where those are the cool kids. Those are who I want to pay money to go see. Hey, Mike, check it. You got to vote for prom king and queen. Also, Zack Siler is going to be prom king. Check it. Listen, check it. Dude, the first I, I, like five fucking minutes. Between two girls, I remember which reading about like pick? how they did the 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 writing credits and it went it started with one writer and then it went to another one for like comedy punch ups, but then they wanted to bring it back to like to the original writer because he had a unique way of writing teenage dialogue that check they it like, oh, which it's wow. just a weird a strange way of saying bad way of writing teenage fucking, dialogue fucking gore vidal could write better <laughs> teen dialogue than whoever this guy was yeah, it, she's wigging out man she's, hey man i don't know maybe i should just like have a conversation with her or something you, check it you thought that i was gonna be with you uh, all summer that's sweet. you did. That's sweet. Yeah. And then so fucking yeah. fucking uh, Shaggy from Scooby Doo <laughs> right, shows. Well, we've got we have three of the Scooby Doo gang in this yeah, movie. We do. We've Wait. got Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, Fred. And we oh, got Shaggy fuck. and Sarah Michelle Gellar's in there for like one I noticed, shot. Yeah, yeah. I noticed, because like her, she, I think she shared the same lot uh, when they were feeling Buffy or yeah, something. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. See, it's funny because I thought it was supposed to be a nod to "I Know What You Did Last Summer," which came mm-hmm. out the previous. It, I mean, year, that's ninety-seven. I think that's two, it's a year after Scream, so this is two years after. It is right. really it weird that that you've got you know Sookie from True Blood and thank you, Charlie. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Uh, you got Sookie from True Blood in there. Lil Kim's in there. Usher is in there. Yeah. It's just like all these like weird like drop-ins. And like, yeah, Usher has like a, a, a sizable amount of lines. But like Lil Kim says like almost two words in the entire movie, I think. Maybe three. They were definitely but, <laughs> trying to star power like the appeal to teenagers yeah, she was she was in the opening credits and then barely in the fucking barely movie. in the thing i mean maybe it was one of those deals where they had a more she had a more sizable role but maybe maybe down. the acting just wasn't quite there it's gotta be a yeah. contract thing yeah. it, it 
it, I, I feel like, I feel like these were almost like workaday actors though, like like lot actors because they had made the faculty the year before that in ninety eight, which is a good movie. Like the Robert yeah, Rodriguez is a good movie. pretty good fucking teen mm-hmm. horror movie. Kind of a MTV generation like horror movie, kinda of like Scream and kinda of like the craft. But they had Usher and the faculty and they had Clea Duvall who plays the mean bitch art class woman who's like her bully. Right. The one the one in yeah. the bathroom or whatever. So they're both like sizable roles in the faculty. Like they're up and coming stars and they're in this movie a year later and they're barely there. So I'm sure it's one of those things where like you're already on the Miramax lot. Do you want to go ahead and film a few scenes for this too? Just like Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like, yeah. just get a lot of faces in there because that's what people want. They want to see familiar faces. They don't even need a sizable Especially- role. Faces that have worked together. Yeah, that's, but yeah, that's, right. that's what it yeah. looked, felt right, like to me. Right, because people are looking for that next Rat Pack, right? Like, right. They, they want right. to build what is going to be the next, like the Brat Pack. The, yeah, yeah, the next yeah, John Hughes. Yeah. No coincidence yeah, yeah, yeah. that in Scooby Doo later, it's all it's the same faces. Correct. It's all of them. Yeah. And, yeah. and Eldon Henson, to your points, the the fat friend or whatever, yeah. he's playing kind of an Anthony Michael Hall character he's playing kind of like the the, well there's the nerd or the less popular character but then there's the real nerd they're friends with it's sort of like the voice of reason in a situation of them but yeah i guess the one downside to him is he eats too much shrimp like he's a wallflower and he loves seafood that's that's why this movie feels like the it is yes it feels like the epitome of teen drama movies but like garrett said it it it, at times it really does feel self-aware like this I mean fucking look, there, there's a part that not another team movie parodied uh pretty is a pretty extensive setup but it's a it's the scene in this movie where she's coming down after being made over yeah. oh, and Jesus. like and not another team movie of course they take it up to like fucking 20 and the stairs just fall apart and everything <laughs> falls on top of her it's like something from yes. home alone yeah yeah, yeah. That, but but even in this movie it's like it, there it's like making fun of pretty and pink or something like that she's coming downstairs and then she just trips and the music like cuts out like the record scratch type yeah she shit. stumbles a little bit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so but it that does feel like you know they didn't take it very far but still they a don't little even bit of nut. try try to make her unappealing or unattractive no they don't attempt to do shit you see her face and it looks like she has been fucking airbrushed like that's how pristine her skin is and she's got these like dynamic like magnetic eyes she has a really good face i mean she's got like what winona Ryder had in the late 80s because you see what but ryder has got that natural charisma because Ryder went from like beetlejuice to like edward scissorhands being like the it popular girl but she could play goth and she could play like the most beautiful blonde popular girl in Edward Scissorhands, and then she's doing Heather's, which is like a high school like really fucking dark cult comedy. Right. She could do all that shit within like three years. And this girl, I think they were trying to kind of model her to be the new Winona Ryder. I think I read some stuff about like mm. the producers were saying she's got that same energy and appeal that Ryder had for the decade before, or for the generation before her. Yeah. And I don't think that's true at all of Rachel Lee Cook. I think that. She's doing the best she can with the material she has, but she's pretty one note, right? Like, is she good in this movie? I don't know. She just—I mean, but. her character is not really one that you like even like to begin with. No, like, it's no. weird. It's that- like she doesn't. But by, by the time, like she she wants the popular stuff, and like that seems unappealing. It's it's just weird to me that you almost root more for Freddie Prince Jr. Correct. early on. You do, even and though he's you a know guy he's making a, a bet about making some rando yeah. 
unpopular girl right. prom queen. And even like aside from that and the stuff where he is kind of like, you know, falling for this girl, he still he still only does so like when the glasses come off and it's like, you know, still idolizing the whole being a, a yeah, she has to change person. for me to see it. exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. this is He's still superficial as fuck. yeah yeah like no just, no one's like it's all superficial but like the way that they yeah. show the transformation of course like the the very slight she gets her eyebrows plucked they take her glasses off and he he gives her a dress he gives it to her like he's the right. one that changes her and then, like, all of a sudden, like, the fucking clouds part and the stars come out and he sees her for who she is. But the scene before that is when they go to the beach and she pulls off her dumb overalls. And she's got a one-piece on. Has a, yeah, Ugh. but she has a one-piece. It's very <laughs> form-fitting. Gross. And it, the only thing they did was, like, well, we have to make it, like, frumpy and dumpy. Just make it black. And and Paul Walker says something like, whoa, check out the bobos on Laney. I, I guess like they make an anagram for fucking boobs by saying bobos and he says she almost looks normal from way up here and you look at her and it's like that's one of the most beautiful like, what people are you talking to about? ever yeah, live that's one of yeah. the prettiest yeah. people on the beach what are you, what talking, are you fucking about? talking about Paul Walker right. what's the matter with if you if they had put her in some like 1940s like f- like flapper girl like yeah. like swimsuit or something that'd be different but it's just a black swimsuit like fucking Kate Upton couldn't rock this thing better than what Laney's doing right it just looks good on like what he he's so funny early on because like the whole reason why he even like slightly gets interested in her initially is because she blows him off right. you know the, the initial interaction that he has with her she just like straight up walks away yeah. basically tells him to shove it and so he's like oh a challenge oh, <laughs> i gotta work for it right that's weird and then he spends the next 45 minutes being like oh she is kind of cute it's like yeah dude that's one of the prettiest people in this ever. movie right now ever yeah <laughs> and, and you're like suddenly coming to this realization like they show some of the other girls that like it's up for the challenge and they make the same joke in not another team movie they, fuck they may use the same actresses in that movie <laughs> it's like oh, what about her what about her and it's like nah too easy and it's like that woman looks like jackie earl haley like that is there's a person that's pulling like their their pants out of their asshole at one point these people are like hopeless ghouls and then they show laney and it's like oh bro she tripped and fell yeah you got a real challenge she dropped her books and she's perfect looking but she wears glasses <laughs> and it's just like you're right it almost feels like this thing is satirizing itself yeah, hold, it, hold it, on it, a second, real quick i gotta try something jesse take off your glasses <laughs> oh shit Jesse, oh, where'd Jesse go? <laughs> Garrett but, was not hard before. But David he, Becker, you, welcome to the podcast. I am, I am still not hard, but... <laughs> why, aren't you, I, why aren't you guys looking at me? <laughs> man, but I, like it, that, I like when one eye points at the wall and the other eye points at the door. <laughs> still wearing flannel. Yeah. I feel happiest when neither are looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it it does what do you feel mean like I am looking at you. <laughs> it does feel like satire at points. Yeah. And it really hits on the like who the fuck was this written Listen, by? The, the, the because fucking... it's like how do you make a pretty girl ugly? Give her glasses. What? Put her in overalls. Put her in overalls. Okay, well she's got to do something that makes her look dumb. She dropped her boots. What what is happening that like right. this is the criteria for her being a troll amongst the the people who are like you know the the important folks? Listen, it's like when, when everyone they... in school hates her, and then the second she 
is all of a sudden hanging around Freddie Prince Jr. and and puts in her name for prom queen. All of a sudden, the whole school changes their mind. They, and I've never like, seen oh, so yeah. many people heavily invested in a school function. Like the, no one cares. Like, this no this one was no one's high school experience. Yeah. It's the dance like, man. No, dude, the prom like, king and queen thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, like the whole prom queen thing. Like the fact that anyone even remotely so, gave a fuck. I was I confused know if we about. We had one at my school. I honestly well, listen, could not tell you the name of anyone. When the entire school choreographs a dance together though <laughs> i mean clearly there's some investment to be i love had that there. i love that this Holy is all shit. fucking they made that dance they weren't that wasn't originally in the script and they just did that because they needed to add more time to the movie correct that is great they need to add wow. it, it's like because it's like four minutes long yeah it's, it's not long like a 30 dance. second thing it's like a goddamn busby berkeley number did it's they like did a it, full is that the same thing. reason they included such a long dance for shaggy too in the party scene? oh my oh, god, god. Yeah. At, least that, at least that's funny man yeah. that was probably Probably my favorite part of the L- movie. Listen, we're, we are so we're bad mouthing this quite a bit. I don't have a lot of positive things to say at all. I do like Matthew Lillard in this movie, though. He, yeah, he's he funny. such a pe- like, ugly piece. Yeah, of the shit. movie's not good, and it is the epitome of yeah. like all teen dramas or whatever. But it's it's fun to watch to me because it's funny. Yeah, like it it's great to see these like goober ass characters just be ridiculous and say ridiculous shit. Like, check it, she's yeah. bugging with them bobos. Like fucking and. Then <laughs> Matt Lillard is just like, here's the part where I really open up on the real world. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. While she's trying to, like, blow him. And he's like, wait, babe, babe, I don't, I don't want to smell like your spit. Yeah. And he's like, watch, watch right here. This is the part where, like, I open up. And it's, like, right after he just farted on a couch and he's wafting the scent to his nose. I mean, he's playing, like, a Wiley Coyote equivalent of, like, a Gen X MTV shithead VJ guy. Yeah. He's doing a lot. Like, he's juggling a few different elements of, like, everyone knows what this moron is. Because there, there was a lot of that shit in the late 90s of like every guy that on, that was like a host on MTV was a fucking dickhead there were like no earnest VJs or anything until I guess like Carson Daly it was so it funny to see seriously. him he pulls up to the school and he's walking up in those fucking track pants and he's got a cell phone in the front yeah. clipped on and a beeper in the front he's wearing like a wife beater or right. something he's got that shitty fucking tattoo that says me on it it's like he's like hey you know how Steve-O has like right. a big yeah. ass tattoo on uh, his face back on of his himself. Back. Yeah. What if I did a really shitty thing on my arm? It just he he did a great job. He, did, he does a great job. And being he, a he knows what he's doing. And he's also like I think Lillard's like twenty nine here. He's like close to thirty in this movie. They're and, all close. They're to 30. all. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is like everyone. in their early twenties. But yeah, no one in this movie is like on the edge of eighteen. No one. No. 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 What it was about this period, I thought a lot about Smallville watching this too. And I'm like, why is it like they, they feel they, safe? I mean, it, they, it was the. Uh, it, it's only till recently that they started like casting actually sort of age appropriate actors, or at least they look like they're age appropriate. Yeah, I mean these people clearly look thirty. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, before then, it's just everyone's a thirty year old. But yeah, we were talking about the dance and stuff, and I was confused about something. So there's scenes where you're seeing Prince Junior like he's sort of heading up the whole uh, decorating. The gymnasium or whatever. Yeah, he's on like whatever committee. Right, yeah. right. Or, and yeah. they're like they're they're pulling up some banners and some flyers. When you finally see this prom, it's like the art gallery from John Wick Two at the end. It's like a fucking neo futuristic building. 
Yeah. With it's like, like hey, a Pink Floyd laser light show happening in there. It's like this is a Bond villain layer that blows up at the what end. What gymnasium of thing. are yeah. we having our prom in? None. The Met Gala is where we're having right, this prom. Right. I was, I was confused. Right. Like, are they in a different building? Because there's like four levels to this. Like, there are separate floors. Like, this is like a fucking opera hall or something. Where is this? It's like, what public California high school is this supposed to be? Correct. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's Let's, no way. Right, so there are it, three it, black characters, and there's not one Hispanic character in this hey, entire hey, fucking they all, movie. They all rap about Lanny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. There's, there's, there's only, there's only very specific notes that the that the black characters are allowed to have. There's the token agreeable black friend who's just like, ah, that's crazy, yeah. man. You're wild. Always then, hanging around. Yeah, yeah for the ride. and then the other ones in the back, which not another team movie, is like, hey, man, there can only be one black guy in this movie. Right. Oh, yeah. Me. No, he's yeah. 100% yeah. doing his job <laughs> exactly. in that movie. Exactly. Yeah. And then what are the other black characters allowed to do? Well, they got to rap. But they got to be DJs. Which one are we going to yeah. pick? Yes. I'll probably pick Lady because Taylor be talking shit. Yeah. Oh my god! Dude. Uh, check oh it. My god. Uh, anyway, check, check. Like, oh, oh, and, and then they get the titular line too. She's all that. Snap she and all point that. each other. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, why do the, why do these drop. two fucking guys care about any of these characters at all, why, man? Why do any of they the would, other they students wouldn't care that's about why it's so funny. Like, they would they, not give a fuck no one would give no a fuck there's like seven different miniature groups introduced in this one montage part where Lainey is like the prom who has been announced for prom queen or whatever and it's like who fucking who gives a fuck who yeah. would ever be this involved but we should probably actually start like breaking down the movie do we have to the, I, no i don't think the, so we we i mean we don't have to like point to? by point i mean we've kind of addressed what it is i mean he, he i'm take, all right with jumping around i am too this one that I got am, me yeah. the most uh, in terms of that is when he he and Ta when freddie prince jr's character and taylor are breaking up she breaks up with them sitting at the park bench during lunch or whatever and she leaves and he's sitting there looking all sad and he turns around and every other student in the picnic area is looking at him like this is the most interesting thing that's going to happen at school yeah, the today. The two most popular oh, people. It, yeah. <laughs> now, like, yeah th this is something that care? we do. You know what? We'll go ahead and we haven't laid out the synopsis. Why don't you give us a little rundown? Yeah, here? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, before we go anymore, um, so it's important to have a, a, cl a clear like a to b outline structure of this but masterpiece before we talk about the three remaining scenes yeah so i yeah. mean crime and punishment in a high school she's all that complicated. directed by uh clint eastwood is <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, good. That yeah, written been by a... cormac mccarthy <laughs> That been a wildly different movie. That would have been insane. God. He would have sang during the credits for one thing. Yeah. Uh, Miss Opportunity, I say. Um, yeah, but it's about uh, Freddie Prince Jr., uh, most popular boy in school, quarterback or whatever, football, something. He plays soccer or some shit. Yeah, that's what it is. He just plays <laughs> soccer. Yeah, he just plays soccer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's something, some shit like that gets broken up with his girlfriend, the most popular girl in school, uh, for Matt Lillard. Went away to like MTV Spring Break and met a fucking VJ from the real world. Yeah, yeah. She breaks up with him, and uh, then uh, he's, he's distraught, jilted, saying distraught. he can make it. She's irre She's replaceable. He can make any girl prom queen. Given uh, enough effort, he could turn anyone into it. Yeah, because so at the end of the day, so his bet, his 
right. friend, we'll call him, played by God. Paul Walker, who's a complete douchebag, uh, makes a bet with him that he, if he can make anyone prom queen, he gets to choose the lady. And so they're walking through, picking out the ladies, and they land on uh, a very horrible goblin woman, uh, Lainey art student, <laughs> who looks hideous. Yeah. Looks like she's she just awful. crawled out of she's a, disgusting. Under a bridge. Looks like something I'd find in Jesse's fridge. She's horrific. 9.8 no, at best. That's not even close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <No>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On her worst day, she's a 9.7. Yeah, when she takes off the glasses, she's a 9.9. 9. Right. The only way she could be a 10 is if she looked right at the camera at one point, spit on the lens, and said, I hate you. Yeah, the most uh, humble, like, like she's different. not prom queen material. Hey, there there is an 11 that. I go to, but I can't talk about it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they land on her, Yeah, right? so they land on her, and then... Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, makes a uh, Zach Siler because at the character. end of the day, what, it's Zach not even Siler. really about the fact that he got broken up with his girlfriend. It's he has to be prom king, and the only way that's going to happen, yeah, he's going is to it, be prom king. Yeah, like, as if he gets the right girl to be prom queen. Right. So he uh, he starts making moves on her and tries to you know start a relationship. Uh, get some pushback. Yeah. Get so some then he's back. like, huh, work cut out for me. Yeah. Montage. And so that's that's the movie. Him just trying to like uh, impress her, impress her, go out with this girl, make a prom queen. Uh, while there's this bet going on that he doesn't tell her about. Um, yeah, it, but it's not it's even a really. A, uh, I mean, it's a deep movie. Honestly, he makes it's, a bet with his friend who get who then his his friend Paul Walker's character reveals Dean reveals it to Lainey that there was this bet going on, and so her answer to that is. I'm done with you, Zach Siler, but I will go to prom with Dean, the other the guy, guy who, who the actually bit. started the bet. <laughs> the guy who started and picked me for the right. bet. Right, which is insane. And because that... he seems honest and earnest because he told me I was a horrific troll that was the bet. Right, and that Freddie Prince Jr. doesn't like me. Now, you know how like you'll see couples in movies or shows or whatever, and you just feel like no chemistry at all? Like, this is not believable as them as a couple. Paul Walker and Freddie Prince Jr. from the get-go don't make sense just as friends. Like, just their energies and their personalities. It's almost like, why is Zach friends they hate with each this other fucking in the guy? Beginning? Yeah, why is this dude hanging yeah, around? Why, yeah, why are they even... I guess it's more of like a status thing to where, yeah, where we the, have to. I get the impression because they have to. They're the jocks. Yeah. So they're, What's the alternative? It, it's expected of them to hang out together. Right. Yeah. They guess. don't even particularly like each other, but yeah. they're still hanging out. But it gets revealed to her that she's a bet. They have a falling out only to reconcile and come back together at the end because he actually does like her once she takes off those overalls and ditches the glasses and now she you know jumps from and, a 9.8 to in a the 10 Here's defense, it, i kind of got the impression that she does that to, to make him jealous like she has she doesn't really like what well, takes off the overalls <laughs> <laughs> he's like Fuck, that, that, she that, get that, that she even spends time with paul walker's character at all like well, she's just you, doing it to make you know what's funny about that is it's like in most movies, a sense of humanity is gained by the end, right? And in this case, it would be Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. It's like, fuck Paul Walker, fuck all these popular people. I don't actually like these people. These people are shallow. I'm not one of them. And he gains like a sense of righteousness and humanity. And there's a lot of duplicity involved with the plot. You know, normally it's like, yeah, he's tricking a girl into sleeping with him. In any other teen movie, especially a raunchy like R-rated one, that's what the plot would be. And this, it's just. I want to show a guy that I don't 
really actually like or am friends with that I can make a girl that's unpopular popular, and that's the duplicity. But in this, really, it's more of a uh, he's not as douchebaggy as he first lets on to be, and that's his character arc. And what's weird about this particular movie is Lainey is actually a lot more shallow than she lets on to be. Because they sort of meet in the middle and neither one have to really go that far. Laney comes off as like this, you know, kid from the other cynical, like angsty art student girl. But really, she's one pair of overalls and a prescription of glasses away from being like a beautiful, you know, diamond in the rough popular kid. She's the slightly less well off girl in a school school of people that she acts like she doesn't care about but when she starts getting the attention and everything she, she thrives, enjoys so, yeah it. yeah she likes and yeah. she also judges them hard she yeah, judges that right. hard she's kind of you're right the, earlier when you said freddie Prinze jr is more the lead in this movie than she is oh yeah because she's kind of unlikable she doesn't really have an arc that makes any kind of sense she doesn't come out the other side of this movie realizing like i should have just been who I've always been because that's true to myself. Right, which and I'm is a good person. Uh, yeah, another movie might do. Yeah, she, right. Uh, she is just she's just a conduit for Freddie Prince Jr. to realize that he doesn't care about the people he associates with like they do. Like they care about him. He yeah. she's just there to be like, see Zach, you can really just do whatever makes you happy. And that turns out to be art school and dancing in her backyard. But she really has no, like, trajectory. You know, she no. goes from angsty and upset and then enjoys it a little bit and then gets mad at all of them again only to forgive him at the end when he shows up, you know, again. And he's like, you know, I'm really sorry and I actually like you because the red dress do make you look real, real good. <laughs> it's weird like what the function of like relatability is in the narrative though because it's like look in American Pie we talked about this a little bit earlier that is advertised as a raunchy movie for boys mainly right like you drag your date to it but when you actually get the date there the filmmakers were trying to do something a little bit different than that advertising where 90% of the, the bulk of this fucking movie is actually like kind of a coming of age like heartfelt drama it's kind of a romance in a way. Like most of those guys, when they're around each other, are toxic, you know, about with their mentality. But when they're separate, you realize these guys all have a heart of gold. They're all like nice dudes, except for fucking Stifler or whatever. He's like the the wild card in the movie. And by the end of that movie, I think a lot of guys were kind of like, this is not really what I was expecting. And a lot of girls were like, this is actually kind of nice. I kind of like this movie. Yeah, it's got boobs and stuff in it, but it's kind of a nice little movie. She's all that is straight up a movie for girls. I can't imagine a single like fourteen year old boy seeing this movie and going like, "Yeah, I, I can get on board with a lot of those characters." Oh, absolutely, because the, it's all about the guy changes for her in the end, right? And, and I think so. that's why it's more important for Freddie Prince Jr. to be a more relatable character than Lainey, because I don't think any girl is. No guy is going to go into that and like the movie because of Lainey, and I don't think any girl's going to come out the other side of this movie going, like, I like this movie because of Lainey. The target audience is definitely, like, a 14-year-old girl who thinks, like, any guy could see me right. in the right under the right circumstances. Right. I just if need to find, like, to. a popular guy, a, the yeah. veneer of a popular guy with a heart of gold deep down. Right. Because mm. he's, kind of, he's kind of like a triple threat. I mean, he's got 
good looks. He's got charisma, and he also is like super fucking intelligent. You have that at least that, they say he is. He doesn't seem shot, like he is. At the very last shot of the movie when he goes up to the stage and she throws him his hat or something, whatever last piece of clothes he had because of the bet. Because the bet was that that you, bet is you insane. Find, they don't, you, yeah. Do they actually that, ever no, tell they, you early they in the don't. movie? I thought they I missed don't. something because right. like they don't say what the bet is, which right. is not a great choice, I guess. Like it, it gives it, because you don't have any stakes at all. You don't know like why is he trying so hard for this? Yeah, bet? why is it so important? Why but does it matter? That's the reveal at the end. I thought it maybe I was just distracted by what an ogre Laney is, and I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, no, the bet, the bet the is, is that, yeah, yeah. At the very end of the movie, at their graduation, you if commit lost, a crime at graduation. You hit with sexual harassment yeah, charges yeah. for a hundred counts. He has yeah. to go up and accept his diploma completely naked. Yeah, you, you show your and, cock and nuts to your grandparents at graduation. And day. so, in the final, in the in the climax of the movie when they're he and they're to care the characters are together and they have an understanding she says like well what is the bet and he says you'll find out and then the last scene is them at graduation they're walking up they're taking their diplomas and then it shows freddie prince jr stand up and he's implied to be completely naked he, yeah he's covering and his prick with a soccer ball and he just sort ball, of that throws it. Yeah. it to her and everyone claps and smiles yeah. so and what it's i was like, gonna say that person was needs that, to go to prison so what i was gonna say going back to what you're saying about laney and like the you know it, the movie being targeted towards girls like it, I thought it really came out in that last shot when the soccer ball gets thrown to her and the movie kind of fades out on her yeah. and you see that affection that she has for the character and the way that he's grown that it yeah it really plies heavy there that like it, any guy could be the right guy if he sees me I, I can right. make him have a heart of gold. That it, is not that a is feminist the, movie. <laughs> that is one of the weirdest things too about this movie is like how I don't know what the rating was for this because like they dropped a fucking. There's a couple bullshits and asshole. I think there's a bitch or two PG-13. in there. It's PG thirteen. No, no, no. It's, it's straight. I don't. There's, there's but, a few. A few. There's, be, there's no. They fucking. say fucking. It's a PG thirteen yeah, movie. I, was no. I a fucking bet? She says that. Does line. she? Yeah. yeah. She only. Well, you get one. Fucking, you get one. You get. You get yeah. One. Well, you get probably get two fucks but there's definitely you know there's really? Simon calls him an yeah. asshole I think at some point there's a couple of bitch lines in yeah, the that, Taylor that's stuff PG, that's PG-13 yeah, that's but, PG-13 I would then, not have thought yeah, that was PG-13 but, but all of this is so which... weird because like there's so many of these like inserted moments throughout this movie that are like Jesus Christ, where are the administrators? Where are right. any personnel to like d- deal with these kids that are just ripping cigs on campus or eating pubes in the middle of the cafeteria? Is that not the wildest no, fucking scene? No, that is that, such a crazy dude, scene. They, they're <laughs> like, great. all right, well, we've got we've to gotta get him back in Lainey's good graces. It's what so do we do? Weird. Everyone he just defends, watches too. He defends her little brother that has like an ear thing or whatever. They never really mention That's like much. a hearing... Aid. It's like yeah, a hearing aid, aid or yeah. whatever. Right. And then he's getting picked on by these two bullies. And one of the bullies like... That are making dead mom jokes, yeah, man. That that one of the bullies takes a second to like dig in his pants and pluck out he, a single hair onto oh, some pizza. Oh, that, no. No, he, no, no. He, he yanks out a yeah, 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 of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he goes to like... He yanks it out and puts it on top of the pizza. And I, I don't know what that has to do with Simon's character, the, Lainey's little brother. 
But then the next time you cut back to the pizza, it looks like leg hair has been strewn out across this entire thing. And this man made an art collage on top of this fucking pizza. <laughs> that would have had to have been hair. so This painful. man would have been crying yeah. in it, it, it's pain. It's a toupee of brick hair. It's, it's just like right in the amount. middle of the cafeteria. Right. He's got it's his like, hands what, what do we have these bullies do to Lainey's little brother so that Zack Siler can come in and be a hero? Uh, no, they can't just like give him a wedgie. They can't just hit him or beat up on him. They've they've got to make fun of his dead mom and then also put pubes on a pizza. I don't really know if that was even the implication that they were going to make Simon even it, it, it never gets interact there. with. It never gets yeah. there. But anyway, Zack comes in and then proceeds to make both of them eat from this puke well, see, pizza. The, the first guy whose pubes came from he's already ripped out a clutch is what i'm gonna call it a fucking pube hair and puts it on pizza and then zach says you have to eat it and they have like this pov shot from the pube pizza Ugh. where it's like shaking in front of his face and i'm sitting there like squinting thinking i i mean i get it like it's not pleasant but it's your own fucking pubes like it's not that big of a thing it's just if it was someone else's pubes yeah that's not ideal yeah but i'm sure that if you ever eat fast food you're probably getting a lot worse than pubes so he takes the smallest baby bite and doesn't really even get a pube from what I can tell. And then the other guy, which that is like a just desserts kind of situation there. He makes that guy take a little baby bite of the pizza. And then he basically says, you know, if scram, if, if, scram, if you do it again, it's going to be 10 times worse. And I'm looking at Freddie Prince Jr. And I'm like, Freddie Prince Jr. is maybe like a buck 40 soaking wet. This guy, I mean, I know they make him out to be like King Jock or whatever. Yeah. He he's is not, not but a big he's not going to take Paul Walker's character no. is jacked. Right. And oh, Freddie yeah. Prince Jr.'s character is just like, he's kind of cut. Like, he's in shape I and guess. everything. I guess. He's probably like, well, he's, well, he's doing stamina. his little soccer stuff. Yeah. But, but it's just like such a weird interaction the entire time in that scene and multiple times throughout the entire movie. I'm just like, where the fuck are any Anyone. of the like adults Anyone. in this? Yeah. Where is anybody to be like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Get out of here. <laughs> no one ever end, goes to like, class. Sick. No one ever like has any input outside of like a very few brief moments in the like, movie. Do right. so you mean to tell me not only was Zach Schuyler able to go up and accept his diploma completely naked in front of the entire student body, but... They had to do a procession for this. They had to walk everyone in here. Yeah. You mean right. like it, he got it this, that, he got this far and no one stopped him? That's because it's it, <laughs> yeah. it's that thirteen year old logic of like, oh, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be funny if he was like naked at the graduation? That would be funny, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, but like logistically, would it be no no was. none of this yeah. fucking yeah. makes sense. Yeah, but like, what if he was though? Here's the thing though, like <laughs> we know it's all in alphabetical order the way they're calling them out. His last name starts with a fucking S. You're telling me he's sitting there? <laughs> yeah. I've been to graduations. Those cocksuckers <laughs> run like ever. three and a half hours. Yeah. You're Nobody telling me that dude go. is sitting there for hours. And yeah. it, 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 it's not like he's he's, he has onyx skin. I mean, he's in a sea of black, like outfits at a graduation it's pretty fucking discernible there's a naked man wearing a hat with no a one ever just walked up to him and was like hey you should leave yeah you need to go you he would have never even gotten to his seat no like, it would have no. never happened and like i get that it's like what do you fucking you, materialize there <laughs> you explain it away as like oh it's movie logic but this is the this is the whole thing where it's like 
it it really feels like a young child's fever dream of like what high school is like. Yeah, and then as like and these then, elaborate yeah. parties of kids just drinking and being it's whacked like high out. schools that are multiple stories tall. Yeah, it's, and just like crazy ass. Like everyone's involved and everybody knows everybody. Dude, no one's ever in class. Think of that house yeah. party. I thought fucking there was gonna be a blood rave there, man. It was like so. There were so many like laser lights and shit. Like this Dude, is just some mad. kid's house. Yeah. Like what? What? This is like the fucking Playboy Mansion. Like this is unbelievable. There's gonna be at least two hundred kids there. I will tell you. Uh, I'll tell you what my favorite scene. There's that more party kids is, at that in that party than there are in their senior class. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Like so, someone has to be an adult here. Someone has to fucking be. I do like yeah, when Matt she uh, she goes into the bathroom, <laughs> the bathroom with no line at all at a fucking house party. She goes in there and Clea Duvall, who is already established, is like the art class bully who tells her that all the great artists, most great artists Kill were themselves. were known after their death. So if she wants to be considered a great, she should probably kill herself. And Clea Duvall already has the face of the banjo kid from fucking Deliverance. Not a <laughs> genetically not a great specimen. She walks in this bathroom and they have put like Vaseline and oatmeal and glitter on her face to make her look like puked up and sick. It is despicable seeing Clea Duvall hanging over that toilet. And you're thinking like there's going to be kind of a tender moment of, uh, well... She's also kind of a trash this person. This is like the yeah, meanest the part of the movie. Yeah. Right oh, yeah, here. yeah. So she, yeah, she says like, you know, do you need help? Are you okay? And Clea Duvall just says like, how does it feel to clean up my puke, bitch, or whatever? How, yeah. how, how does it feel to know I'm the rich girl who got in on a scholarship to my art school of choice and you're here cleaning up my puke? Right. right, and that's yeah. like the entire it, thing. It's like she, Jesus. Yeah, she so falls. She falls over, and her purse spills open, and it's just a bunch of magic markers in her purse. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, she's that's an artist. Explain it away. Like, she, yeah. she, she's an heir to the Crayola, Crayola Empire or something. <laughs> so, so Janie or Lainey's like leaving, and then she sees the markers and shuts the door. And I was hoping she was going to turn her on her fucking back and let her choke on her vomit, like Breaking Bad style, or shove those markers down her throat. Clea Duvall comes out of that bathroom and straight up looks like fucking Joaquin Phoenix's Joker with like a cigarette <laughs> hanging out of her mouth. Oh, she man. has like a checkerboard pattern of like like a Harlequin like green and yeah, black. Clown, yeah, clown, clown makeup. makeup. She's just stumbling around. But you, know what, you know what I thought though? I did think this like if you wanted to make this character of Lainey believable Clea Duvall is in this movie. That's who you would want to, to be Lainey because Clea Duvall looks like a goblin girl. <laughs> but she is a good actress, and this is not her first movie. Like We just talked about it. She's in The Faculty the year before that, and she's in a lot of other shit before that. She's kind of more of an independent actress. She worked with Miramax a lot, which made this movie. She's not She's not like ugly no, or anything. No, she's, they, just, no. she's just like she's they don't not, play her looks up at all yeah no. she's not conventionally not like, at all she's almost looking. never play played up for looks right she, no. she's just not like the leading like beautiful one like you're not ever gonna cast her as like taylor right like in this movie like no. she would never be that popular no. hot girl or whatever No, she looks like a human being she looks like a normal person from yeah. planet earth yeah. that doesn't probably want a 10 pounds of makeup and prosthetics put on them to make them look glammed up She's Correct. kind of like the she was kind of the late 90s like it girl for sort of not goth glam but sort of like a grungier look. Yeah, alternative. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's like she could have played Lainey. 
no problem. I mean, she she's established. In fact, I think she's more established than Rachel Lee Cook is because Cook cooks in maybe like one thing before this. And then she goes on to do like 900 Hallmark movies or something, which she has the face for. Yeah, she, but it just it feels so weird that like there's just it's constantly like she's enjoying this limelight that she's being thrust into and these parties and these like ridiculous fucking settings of people being so heavily invested in this realm of three people yeah. or whatever and it she she just like doesn't really snap back at anybody other than like Freddie Prince Jr. I mean yeah she draws on her, I think her that, face in the bathroom yeah, but that's, that's like really the, the peak main, of that's, it. Yeah, that's like where she she's her, the closest she's going to be to popularity and it's it's like that that cool girl meanness, that mean girl personality is seeping yeah. into her, I guess, you know. So Sure. I think that was yeah. the weirdest part to me was how all of a sudden the entire school recognizes her as like oh she's cool and she's popular and she might be prom queen but like you say she never really interacts with anyone outside of being picked on earlier in the movie it's like why does everyone all of a sudden see her why is everyone so invested it's just right why do they even know her name she's she's kind of an asshole school announcements are being are covering like her love life and (laughs) By Usher, it's like, and once again, no school administrators. He's just <laughs> saying whatever rude. he wants. Over yeah. the, and out, so it's a if school re- that is run by students. Yeah, if I remember correctly, there is one classroom scene in the movie, right? Isn't there a scene with Lainey and Freddie Prince Jr. in a classroom, and they like answer a history question or something like that? There, there's like, a art class maybe scene. at the start yeah there's an art class yeah, scene because they were remember. like well, we like, gotta get some fog in this room I think there's one scene maybe with a teacher and that's it I think there that might be, be the only time you ever yeah, see I don't know. yeah and then like, a, versus like Mean Girls, where like kind of the heart of that movie are the administrators. You know what I mean? Like uh, right, Tim yeah. Meadows as the principal, and then Tina Fey. It's like those are kind they're of they're very like, heavily involved. Very, Wait, you yeah. know, it takes like twenty minutes to, uh, between classes to walk to and from. But the, so. but there's really hey, <laughs> there's there's one, movies <laughs> yeah yeah. You, you don't have exactly three minutes and seventeen seconds to get your fucking ass to the next class. <laughs> yeah, you're getting these, these people are taking like naps out there, like like out there in the uh, the yes. annex. Yeah, it's. Like, it's it's treated like it's a fucking boarding Dude, school at some point. It's like a college. It's like Hogwarts. Yeah. 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 It, is. Yeah. it really is. It's more like college. There's no urgency. Yeah, like, what, what are you guys in a yeah. rush to go to college for? You're already there. This is yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Ch- children of the fucking corn had more parental figures around, like in their little circle. Yeah, They're- the only parental figure is Lainey's father, yeah, who, is, who, is, who is so checked out. So checked out. This guy's on lithium. E- he doesn't even realize there's people in his fucking house <laughs> yeah. cleaning it. Freddie Prince like Jr. brings later. a band of like lost boys over to clean his house, and I'm thinking like. Was Kevin Pollock just not there that day or two days they were shooting the scene? Because he says nothing. He's in there like doing a crossword puzzle or whatever. And kids are like, oh, I'll do the kitchen. I'll vacuum. I'll get the mop. And Kevin Pollock says nothing. They're just talking at the door while these kids are in the background, like it's cleaning until, the like, house. It's not until one yeah. of them answers a question on the on, on the Jeopardy. TV. Yeah, on and Jeopardy. He says, Who are you people? And yeah, that, that's it. They, they, it's they like, had dude, him, it's been two hours. They had him for five <laughs> minutes. I do like that one line where uh, he's he's answering all the Jeopardy questions wrong, and Trebek says like. Uh, this president was the first president on Mount Rushmore. And he says, who was President Rushmore? <laughs> I do, that was the only funny line that Pollock gets out. But there, there's another line in here that 
I had to rewind to make sure I heard it. I actually put the subtitles on to make sure that's what they said. At the party, Taylor, who's the Zach's ex, the popular girl, says a line to him dismissively. She says, jump up my ass, Zach. And he smirks and says, been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck wrote that line? What does that mean? Oh, that was right now where Matt Lillard does his that, dance that, number. Yeah, that's yeah. before. It is, it, the Lillard worm dance at the party is, is more... That's explained the away. High schoolers the, doing anal. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. yeah. That's, like for a movie that is so non-sexual God. too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's, these, the these most sexual could, is like her and Matt Lillard in the bed and he's like, don't get spit on me. That's it. Yeah. Every yeah, other character could be right. a fucking castrato for all I know. Like I have no idea if these people even have libidos. It is not a sexual well, it's movie. De- it's definitely implied. Well, Paul lot. Walker's character, yeah. that's his entire... Yeah, trajectory. He's trying is. to fuck Laney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's he, it. He's and, can we can we get to that? Yeah, I mean, well, point? I mean, what's there to say? He's hyping up how he's gonna no, take that, Laney there's home. Something. There's something. And well, yeah, he's he's hyping up how he's gonna take her home, and he's rubbing it in Zach's face, and everyone's like. He's talking to the guys in the bathroom at the prom or whatever, because he's like, well, oh, he's got, I got it now. He's that got sh- the hotel keys. Yeah, I've got the hotel key. Yeah. You know, I know. Which look like they go to some, like, 18th century hotel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it like, is. It's like an old brass yeah. key. Well, yeah. I, I love that line he says, too, about, like, it better happen. I, did, I spent $300 in this hotel room, and it's like, you probably found that in your fifth fucking pocket in a pair of old jeans. Like, what are you talking about? $300. And so he's, he's, he's really gassed up on getting Laney he's been playing the good boy card the entire time and of course it doesn't fucking pan out and she blows a fucking loud like device in his ear it, it is a rape foghorn it doesn't, what it, it, is. Doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't show anything no it doesn't show any yeah, of it doesn't show any it, of this it, it, this it, is the thing it's like they there's clearly there's a thing where like they they're leaving to go back to the hotel after their crown uh King and, king, king and queen and then Freddie prince jr is like racing all over town trying to find a, the hotel that they're staying at and he gives up and he goes back to her house and like uh and she comes she eventually comes back and and finds him there or whatever uh but like there's that there's that thing of that they went to a hotel things were clearly getting uncomfortable and she had to blow a rape horn it's like that that's those are some scenes that probably I don't know if you should show them. Well, I mean, but there's a story that actually happens, right? There. They, and they probably that, did shoot it, and we're probably like, mm, yeah, yeah, okay. Right. Like it, not, it, there, there is an illusion that there is a attempted like scene is a yeah. sexual assault. Correct, is committing sexual assault here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then they proceed to have a literally naked guy at a graduation right. that's fine <laughs> that's yeah. just funny yeah that's funny These because it should not be able to go into federal buildings yeah but i love they took all that stuff out he, i mean prince jr does not save the day anyway he doesn't show up and like punch out walker and I, at least they give G- laney that sense of agency there of like no she didn't need saving she yeah, took, she care, took of it care of herself, herself which i do like that but here they are saying, well, we need to pad four minutes in this fucking runtime, so let's let's do a choreographed, like, dance number. We've like, already fucking, had a rap song. Yeah, like Andrew Lloyd Webber's, yeah. like, jumped we've, in and, and fucking did some notes we've for we've already script. had another dance number. Right, we've, we've had two dance numbers, and we have a volleyball scene 
that makes the one from Top Gun look like fucking There Will Be Blood. And the soccer scene. It's so scene. bad. There's the soccer There's, scene, You're right. Too. Yeah. And the soccer scene. There is Where's so the much scene? montage it's, it's when he's having a hard time and he kicks it and he misses the goal. He's just like, oh, man, soccer's it's like, hard right yeah, now. I want to say it's the scene right after Zach talks to... Uh, to Lainey for the first time because oh, she's okay, sort of yeah. kind of interested so she goes and actually watches the game right. and watches him play soccer and like yeah he misses it after God. like what was a great setup and everything and it's a long scene that just is kind of just unnecessary <laughs> just, <laughs> like, just the dance just, number at the end just, I'm just like when right did these right about now when fucks did, your brother I'm just yeah. like oh yeah. my god that when, the whole prom. song to all four minutes did your fucking school Lock up everybody and also be like, hey, Taylor, <laughs> you too. You're going to also be in the dance number. None of the other main characters. You're the only one who would do this. Get over here and have a just tight choreographed dance number done at the... They've never ground. done it before that night. Yeah, they've never done it before that night. Looks like no, it's the most the rehearsed admin- they school ever. administration, like... 30 minutes before the end of the last bell every day has taken the entire student body and put them in the gym and has made everybody learn the dance. Hey, look, whoever like pitched the script in the elevator, like the literal elevator pitch to the studio head, he said, okay, so it's like, it's like 16 candles meets rent. You know, because that's basically what it is. It is such like a Broadway, like highly produced, like overhead sweeping fucking camera shots. This involved cranes. This was <laughs> yeah. like very, very ornate. There's nothing else yeah. in the movie like this. The most this. expensive scene in the movie. I mean, it would almost yeah. make sense if the director was someone who made music videos or something. Where like this was really what they wanted to do. Like this is where they could shine. Was like the the dance yeah. number or whatever. Yeah. It is despicable. It's so unnecessary. And then. There's like there's other things that you could be devoting time to right now other than this fucking dance like number. Like Anna Paquin and Foggy Nelson. Oh, dude. Yeah. I, so I need yeah. to... Like, uh, well, well, when, when it when, cuts to him and when he's... When he comes down after they learn... He, he was in the bathroom while Dean was gassing himself up, telling all the other guys in the bathroom that like, yeah, I'm going to bag Lainey. Check it. I got her. And Don't be whack, dude. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't be, be whack. fucking whack. You're wigging. Foggy Nelson walks out and he's like, damn, that he's bugging. And so he yeah, rushes... Foggy's in there taking a shit from all the shrimp he's eaten while Anna Paquin is hitting well, on I, him. I want to talk about that rushes, he's He rushes got, out of the bathroom to get back to her at the table and... This is where they have to take the moment to play up like, God, he's so fat and out of shape because he can't even get out more than like three or four words between breaths yeah. of just going, his, hey, Dean. And, the, and then they do the oh, same God, fucking that's thing. That's right. That's right. They, sorry. Sorry. I'm slamming the fucking table. They do the same thing when they rush down yeah. there and they take the moment to not tell Laney of Dean's plans, you know, the girl that's Zach. literally involved right. in it, to tell Zach who is so removed right now. He's up on a stage What's with a fucking do? crown. What's he going to do? And you're yelling at him to say, hey, tell, hey, tell, tell him, fatty. And, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then she just takes you're it. You're on the edge it. of your seat watching yeah. this. <laughs> she says it anyway. And it's like, why didn't you just fucking start if Tubbo's out of breath and can't even get it out? And by the way, he's not that fucking fat. And Lainey's right there. And tell Lainey. <laughs> you know what? This, this is almost like one of those horror movie situations where we have to figure out why are there no cell phones. And if anything, this is 99. I get that. They are the richest fucking kids on the planet, dude. Like, these kids are elites. 
Why do they not have cell phones? Why do they you not? You see Matthew Lillard with a cell phone. Why do they not just go tell Laney, who is very much so right, easier right to there. get to yes. than Zach, who's on a fucking stage, and Dean's not taking Zach to room 409. He's taking Laney to room 409. Right. It's like, fuck, man. You taking just, her to room 1402. No, it, like, man, we really got to fill time. So I need him to do heavy breathing and say two words over 15 seconds. Otherwise, we're not going to make time for the movie. You know what? I, I was thinking when I was watching the end here because Zach wins prom king and then Taylor wins prom queen. And it's not like there's a subplot about Taylor like rigging the votes or something. There is none of that. The, the principal literally says in the closest... Like the closest contest we've ever had for prom king or yeah, queen, fifty-two to forty-eight, fifty-two to four, whatever it is. And whatever it's like, it yeah, is. it was super close. They don't allude to any like tampering or rigging or anything at all. Taylor just won. The school's a bunch of like shallow shitheads. She still wins. If any movie could have used psychokinesis and a slaughter, a genocide of <laughs> of high school students. This movie's it, and it literally is the same plot because Travolta and Carrie, he's the most popular kid. He starts warming up to, like, the gross, dumb, weird girl with, the like, the zealot mother nut job. If this movie had a tampon fight scene in a shower, hogs blood, and Travolta, you literally have Carrie all the way up until she doesn't win. And then the movie just has a dance number we don't see the attempted rape there's a lot of things happening and not happening in this weird ass fucking movie there's one thing we have not mentioned at the dance scene though do you remember when the pictures were being taken yeah was, and the kid has a blow the up kid doll. has a blow up doll yeah. that he brought to prom yeah. oh, <laughs> I forgot well, about that. before he got to prom he had just watched almost heroes <laughs> <laughs> he's like fuck I he really need one of those straw dolls yeah. he's like god what can I do well an Arab prostitute will do the job Yeah, and he brings that in and that's one of the shots where you see like administration because they confiscate some liquor that he has right, in his, right. his arm yeah, or something it's like, or something. so the pubes so on pizza were fine totally fine yeah totally cool yeah, the pubes on pizza is like straight up a scene from like Oz or something on HBO. It's like it's like a prison scene almost. God, it's like, and I don't even remember this part. They don't confiscate the doll. <laughs> no, <laughs> the doll. Well, the doll's not hurting anybody. Yeah, the doll's not hurting anybody. He's gonna hurt it. <laughs> I asked a, a roll up doll to prom too, but she couldn't go because she. Uh, she it's was too sick. pretty. She was sick that night. Yeah, she, she, somehow she ended up with an asshole full of gasoline. <laughs> I, I don't know. I never really talked with her after that because uh, I don't know. There's a, there, was, a, there was egg on my face. So so fucking ridiculous. It's so dumb. She stole like, my property somewhere though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's a ridiculous scene, and that tonally, that the dance scene is all over the place. Um, yeah, and it wraps up pretty quickly after kind of nothing really nothing, happens there's not no, like the a end. big struggle at the end yeah. and what's weird is is when the bet plays out and zach goes naked why is he honoring this bet because if anything he's got he never backs away from a bet i guess but like you have release from your old life of being around these Pieces of shit. Pieces of shit. Yeah. Like, and you, like fuck Dean. He sexually assaulted. Co- correct. Right. He literally c- committed sexual battery or attempted to against Laney. And for any reason, he shouldn't honor the bed. It's because of like, his shitty behavior. Yeah. Like, also, why would you? Like, also, no. Dean like poisoned the pot there. 
what by like going up to Lainey and starting to like hit on exactly. her and he, then tell he her tampered about, with the bet exactly. Yeah, so yeah, so he's not, not honor honoring that. the bets. Yes. Yeah. 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 So who gives a fuck? But the whole reason it, you know the whole reasoning that they did it is because well it'd be really silly. It'd be so silly. It'd be so silly if he was up there yeah. and he was nude and he threw the ball to her and like Chet, it's kind of funny because the ball touches Wee Wee probably. Yeah, and, and now his Wee Wee's out, <laughs> and then she touched the ball and all is probably got pubes on and, it. And, and, hey, dude, when he when he threw it and he was full naked, <laughs> everyone clapped. Everyone thought so, it was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Okay, last thing. I want to hear more about what you were going to say about the shrimp. <laughs> Wait, what did what what the shrimp? You said you wanted to say well, something about just, the shrimp. I mean, look, we a just mentioned it. A comical amount. It's, a, it is, it's not just a <laughs> plate of shri- a full plate of shrimp that we see him at. It's like a fuck the platter at the buffet table that's meant for everyone. And he just grabs it the and takes plate. it. Yeah, <laughs> right. he grabs the, the whole platter. thing. Yeah, yeah. The serving yeah. platter and he takes it back. And he's got other plates of shit around it too. That's not all he's... He's just picking at it, man. But hey, still manages to pick up a, a, a good-looking actors. girl because he, he sings a bit of a song that she likes too, and she goes to an all-girls school. So that means you're the one, bud. That's at true. this at this fucking art gallery event of a prom full of professional dancers yeah. and like A-list-looking people. Yep, it was you, bud. Third floor eating shrimp, singing a song I like. By the way, it occurred to me what. Eldon Henson is in right after this that he's pretty good in. Do you do you remember what comes right after this for him? Because after the thing I'm talking about, it's basically like Daredevil years and years later. I, I know he pops up here and there and stuff, but he's very memorable in something that comes out like right maybe two years after this. He's in Mighty Ducks, so that's, yeah, that's before, right. yeah. yeah. Butterfly effects. He plays oh, the that's psycho. Right. He plays the psycho. He plays yeah, the psychotic yeah. brother. And I don't he's, remember that. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's actually pretty terrifying in that movie. Yeah. He really shows off some acting chops in that. Hmm. But yeah, I, I was thinking about like the 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 lark they're sort of playing off god, of what year release was that 2002 I really think, butterfly effect yeah because yeah. yeah that i mean gosh in such contrast to this but like, like what a different uh, attitude <laughs> 2004 is butterfly effect. is it 2004? okay okay yeah. well like this movie it's not even like a proto type of anything to come that's better this is the end i mean this is the end of like the 90s teen party movies and like right before this is uh, a much better movie uh, fucking can't hardly wait like I don't remember how well that holds up but it's got a lot of the same people as in this I think Usher's in that Clea Duvall's in that and I think a few, I think even Eldon Henson's in that movie Never Been Kissed is what year uh, 98 99 yeah. something like that yeah it's like mm. the same time it was very, a lot happening of those right in this period it's very weird like looking at this movie and then remembering other movies like Fast Times at Ridgemont High which is of course like m- much like 82 er, yeah, yeah, yeah. Er, earlier yeah. than all of this but you know you look you compare it to high school like drama teenage dramas like that like breakfast club and yeah 16 candles all, and all those that. all yeah. those john hughes movies are a lot dirtier than you remember yeah you look, yeah. You look back and at more those. honest absolutely yeah but yeah. but they that's what it, yes they they feel like the characters are not caricatures 
of personality types no. that have been thrown into this. Like, yeah, some ridiculous shit happens. And, like, yeah, you've got, like, the jocks and the freaks and the, you know, the popular ones. That's the, really what Breakfast Club is all about. Right. right? right. But, but The dialogue's dated, but the sentiment's not really. But exactly. Yeah. And, like, it all still feels sincere. Sure. And you can find relatability in all... All, all of those characters. And, and not you know, only a that, lot of them. You, I, I just don't believe a, a teen movie where you don't hear fuck that parallels like Reservoir Dogs. Because when you watch those John Hughes movies like Breakfast Club, my entire like childhood, I was like, I don't want to watch Breakfast Club. That sounds boring. And then you finally watch it like uncut when it's not on TNT or something. It's like, this is a coarse, like, vulgar yeah, like, little movie, fucking movie. Yeah, it's if you replaced... If you replace the number of Wiggins and Checkits with fucks and <laughs> yeah. shits, this would be like a semi-believable movie. But I guess what I'm saying is, is like it's weird that this thing ends that period because you would think like this would be the foundation where a lot of way better movies came out, like Can't Hardly Wait and things of that ilk. They, this is it though. This comes out after all of those things, so there's already like a template laid out to where. These things are very financially successful. It's and like a jump back in time. Yeah, like you're, you're going you're, back to like 94 here to like a Nickelodeon produced like teen movie. Yeah, like fuck, like, d- yes, exactly. Like, yeah, the, the like this, Nickelodeon this feels version. like this could be set in the world of like the secret world of Alex Mack. Where like there's no like sex or there's no there's no anything like there's everyone's kind of on the same playing field like there aren't like these classes structures there's no like relatability to any of the archetypes there's nothing like these characters are so vapidly vanilla and vague I I I don't know I I I, w- I would honestly say she's not all that. She's not. <laughs> what, you yeah. don't think she's all that? I think she's okay. But no, what about I, you, Jesse? Is she, she all that? Listen, she thinks she all that. All right. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's more to that. Ellipses. No. Sometimes I was you trying really... to remember I was trying to remember the lyrics to the rap. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Here, look, 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 at, you, look she, at your tattoo on your wrist. She, she thinks she all that and everything in between. But who gonna be prom queen? Lainey. Ah, check it. She she is all right. Just fine. Just okay she, with me. She's all right. And Freddie Prince Jr. is also a normal guy, but yep. his dick don't work. So. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Uh, she is adequate. Um, and. Gosh, fucking goblin, the, dude. Yeah, what a cameo. Like, what, a, what a hideous woman to be so beautiful <laughs> only to get prettier <laughs> after she like slightly changes things. When they oh, had weird. the cameo of Sarah Michelle Gellar, after the, uh, the two movies I wanted to watch after that point, were like, I just want to go watch not another teen movie and I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what this is, but I want to watch that now. I'm kind of more interested yeah. in us eventually rolling I know what you did last summer more than Scream because I feel like when Scream came out, man, we must have watched that I really like 10,000 times. I know what you did last summer. I too. It came out, especially bad. the first half of it because the first half of it Pretty is tense. so intense and, and feels yeah. plausible. Yeah. Like a bunch yeah. of drunk idiot high school students you know just hitting a person and then not knowing what the hell to do and yeah i think yeah. i think yeah, like, prince jr is actually decent in that and uh yeah like Ryan Phillippe pretty good is really that. solid in that movie well, like, it, it's not know, a bad like, one overall for she's all that i really i really don't think that like freddie prince jr did a bad job i, no. I thought he did good I no it's Matt not his Lillard fault did good i even I think, think everyone Paul walker did was really did. good at being a douchey piece of shit oh yeah like a lot of the 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 acting in it like yeah there's some obviously like goofy ass dialogue that gets it said that's like a huge product of its time um but 
you know, it, that being said, like, I feel like the people that they, you know, launched into this to to, to lead the way was, they, they were actually, like, decent and fine. And some of them even went on to have, like, some really solid roles and shit. Yeah, all pretty great actors. Just a really weirdly just written a, movie. Yeah, just a weird, yeah. like, yeah. A, like, a fever dream of... Like what you would exaggerate a high school to be like. This and is what we is want. Really... This is what we want fourteen-year-old girls to think high school is. Yeah, it is, it is a movie specifically made for like fourteen to fifteen-year-old girls. Yeah, you're right. Because I mean, like even like a seventeen-year-old girl is going to see this and go, "Well, this is like a this is bullshit." This is not, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Remotely at yeah all. that's not. My, it's, my it's for junior high people that haven't gotten into yeah, high school. Yeah, this is like for pre right. basically. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly how I felt watching it and. It was funny to watch. It's fine because I was just making. I hate it. Yeah, it, it was just making fun of everything that you're like. God, this really just none of this lands, does it? Because no, it does not make sense. It really does try. It tries to be a comedy that satirizes, like it just or parodies high school, but at the same time tries to take itself seriously. Mm. And it's like. Uh, okay yeah uh, it, it leans into like sincerity entirely too much but they've already like laid out the framework that for it's ridiculous how ridiculous this whole yeah, thing yeah. Is. yeah so yeah like it, it's almost sort of self-defeating in its own way like they should have just picked a track and stuck with it yeah do you want to hear about uh box office did anyone say anything about yeah, box i'm curious office? yeah i'm very curious uh so unlike paul walker this did not crash and burn oh this was i was waiting for it i thought was, we had to at least get yeah, one yeah, right what, what did you yeah. say yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, no, not please, that we've already please, gotten that out there this movie, please, hey, hold on yeah please cut this do Why? not leave this in Why because, not? because it's mean it was, funny. It was, it was very we funny were, though we were we were driving up and i turned it i, I told jesse i was like yeah and I were watching the movie and I, <laughs> I turned to her and I was like so when does he crash the Mustang immediately the first that's scene the other he takes her to the hotel room and he's like hitting a flask and he wraps the car around a fucking lamppost <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, he, he just looked. They look like those skeletons from Mars Attacks. They're like green and red. Now, uh, now that would have been a very different. So movie. Wait, hang, yeah. hang on, do me to take it back. Yeah, take, yeah, it, take, back, take, take it, it back. Take, take it back. back. Come on. Oh. Okay. All right. So the box office numbers for this. This movie cost ten million dollars to make. Which is that sounds about right. Nine million in the dance scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. yeah. Yeah. Nine million and then one million for the rights to Funksio Brother. It made. Does anyone want to guess? Guess worldwide and guess U.S. box office. Thirteen. I want to say I want to say it made one oh eight. Really? One oh eight. One oh eight is my answer. Is that actually it's, it? It's close. It's close. It's close. Uh, one fifteen. A lot better than I would have thought. One oh three worldwide. Sixty three million dollars U.S. Yeah, box man. office. Oh, this movie did smash hit very very well. And what's crazy is, is I, I don't think this was reviewed entirely well because you don't see many after this that are of this ilk. Like I said, this is kind of it. This is the swan song for teen late 90s party movies. There are more American Pie movies, of course, after this. But, but those are much more sincere. That yeah, and raunchier and an older crowd. This is it. American Pie happens, and then the gross out sex comedy wave happens. Right, right. That, that's Which the whole thing. Like from this. American Pie movies, at least have the allure of like like a Saw movie. Forget the plot; it doesn't fucking matter. There's going to be at least some gross out scenes. Jim's going to get his prick stuck in something or another. Some a super glue incident will happen. Stifler will like get date raped 
by like a, a cougar or something. You have the assurances of those things happening. This movie doesn't have anything like that. And this movie, this genre, the subgenre doesn't it really, it doesn't it, pave it the way goes. for any more. So it's well, like, none of the teen movie happens. Their, if it anything. Yeah, yeah. And then like it, another farcical things. It's out. like you said, it changes. I've never really thought about it before now, but a lot of subgenres kind of do this, right? They kind of grow and change with a very specific age group with a very specific yeah. generation. They right? reach like a peak. And this of is decadence. one that's like, yeah, the, we were, these were the nineties kids that, saw high school like this and then once we get into the 2000s and you're seeing all the raunchy sex high school comedies yeah it's because those people are older and that's who's buying that now yeah i guess right? so. it's like the so. tea, it's yeah. like it's like the preteens that were eating that up now have to have, be fed a little bit more adult content right they're young yeah. adults so yeah. they want to see stuff that pertains to like sex and dicks and boobs yeah. but yeah. it's still well, we're also going to talk that a little same bit generation about this. that wants to see high school dramedies yeah it's interesting we'll probably also talk about this a little bit when we get to the music video but like in 99 that is the time where it's you're leaving the 90s and it's like everything's very colorful very happy and very upbeat very and, that, and so. so pop yeah. culture is just it's kind of different it's it's like that it's like when you get a uh when you're growing your hair out and it there, it always has to go through that awkward phase so it's transitioning from 90s to 2000s and like rock is dying for all intents and purposes like there's still mm. good music out there but it's been replaced yeah there's still by, good like, shit like Limp Bizkit two years from now you're, you're right like it's been replaced by like corn and stained and like avril lavigne and like some 41 and blink 182 like these are these are the equivalents of like pearl jam five years earlier like this is what's replacing like smashing pumpkins are still around but even they're moving to like more electronic sounding stuff they're not really playing instruments anymore this is a dark fucking and it's like time it's like you it's like you were saying last night when we were talking about this period uh, a lot of it probably has to do too with yeah, that awkward phase, like the 90s was a thing. And then American culture completely changes after 9-11. Like that dark period. Like yeah. it's like Amer the attitude of Americans goes from this, she's all that. It goes from being willy-nilly to galvanized. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. We, we go from, we stop being miserable in a marketable sense to having shit like fat boy slim and stuff like that, like even like the Functional Brother thing. Like uh, we have all of these bands that are basically like kind of electronic, like house music sounding, but they're accessible by like an MTV generation. It's not completely European yet, but the sensibilities are the same. Like acoustic covers aren't selling the same way they would have five years before, because I think the early nineties, that, that part of generation X, that's way more analog. In fact, there's like a certain amount of pride with how analog that is. People were making this happen themselves, even hmm. though it's still studio backed, but yeah, the late, the late nineties, like it's so processed. Like it, there's just so much filler in all of that. And then there's so much digital and pop blows up a pop is king yeah. at that point absolutely i mean britney spears is 99 and yeah. aguilera and yeah. backstreet boys is like late 98 this shit happens at one time it's like i mean we're about to cover mambo number five which is like right in the mix of all oh, on, on that note yeah. why don't we why don't we get yeah, there Nothing. A little bit of Batman dropping in. A little bit of MIB shedding 
Then a little bit of Shirino's what I like. A little bit of Pikachu on the mic. It's all new and all Lou. Lou Vega starting right now on the Kids WB Snow Jam. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. car so come on let's ride to the liquor store around the corner the boys say they want some gin and juice but i really don't wanna beer bus like i had last week i must stay deep because talk is cheap i like angela pamela sandra and rita and as i continue you know they're getting sweeter so what can i do i really beg you my lord to me flirting is just like a sport anything fly it's all good let me dump it please sat in the trumpet a little bit of Monica in my life A little bit of Erica by my side A little bit of Rita's all I need A little bit of Tina's what I see A little bit of Sandra in the sun A little bit of Mary all night long A little bit of Jessica, here I am A little bit of you makes me your man Holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would there. be a way better Ow. song if he said yeah. that at the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hold on, this song got a lot better. Yeah, it did. I actually kind of like Garrett's version. <laughs> I don't like Garrett, but I like his version of the song. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like this is the biggest lie he's ever told. Your dick's never been hard in your life, so. <laughs> <laughs> what are you singing about? <laughs> Alright, we've already fucking up. done it off bike, but more like Mambo number two is on duty. It's a shit song, oh. man. God, I don't want to do this, but... I feel like we just... There's like three <laughs> choruses hey, and right, then a shitty on. dance Before we get into direction. it, I don't think people probably aren't going to understand uh, after that that we this is Mambo number five uh, by Lou Bega. Yeah. Right. Well, That's they definitely the didn't get doing. it from your song. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's Mambo Number no. Five by Lou Vega, and my my I, these are the, all the thoughts I got about it. There's like three fucking courses of the same shit, and then a shitty like instructional dance portion. This is a baby song for babies. Like, Why it's do you say that? Because he, it's, it's him counting to five over and over, and then the doing how to do the fucking hokey pokey, step into the left and step into the right and clapping your hands. It's not complicated. I fuck, I could do this dance. And then it's just him naming a bunch of women's names. And then we find out that there's literally like 900 versions yeah. of baby songs. Uh, what, what was it, Bob the Builder? Bob, and, Bob, well, Bob the Builder was a cover. He didn't actually do that one, but, but he did, he did do the, a, He did a Disney version of the song, which was just he like... He did the covers. It wasn't yeah, like... It wasn't like kids he did the covers. or something. He did one for uh, WB's like Saturday cartoons oh thing. In but in his defense, I, I bet he made a shit oh, ton of dude, money God. making this, this Disney cover. This, Unbelievable. this song yeah. was fucking massive yeah. uh, it, when it came out. Every this, skate party... In the fifth, sixth grade, this song was. Yeah, king. this is every every Yuck. wedding DJ still downloads this shit yeah. to this day. I was seeing it's ten thousand downloads a week to this day. Ten thousand downloads. Yeah. So, like, to get into it, the, the year is nineteen ninety nine. We've yeah. gone over this a little bit. That that is a year where pop culture is and absolutely it's in, a, it's in an odd stage. Yeah. <laughs> Things are very colorful, very uh, very energetic, very happy and then this song comes along and it's uh yeah it i mean it fucking it's it look it's got a hook it's very catchy i'll get like that's probably the biggest thing going for it like i don't 
I think a lot of people would probably uh, attribute their ability to count to five to the song, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I think you're giving people too much credit. Uh, I, well, look, I, I, even sometimes I, today I still count to five going one, two, three, four, five. I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, you can count to five. That's... Mm. Uh, I have to he's not looking at his dick. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know what though? Just covering a little bit of '99, like as an adult now, like not like when I was 14, but like now, because when you're 14, your gauge for anything is very fucking skewed. But just covering like she's all that, the culture around that a little bit, and then this song and where music was makes total sense. Like what the whole red pill thing in '99 with the Matrix coming out of like the fuck is happening around me is this real is this really going on around me? i didn't really find music until i was in high school and i found like probably like 60s 70s like british wave rock first before anything else i think that i like liked and Mm. what was that like what did you like like Morrissey and shit or like the the Beatles the Who okay Rolling Stones Staples yeah like that was probably what I found blur and shit like that yeah, and but when I think about this, it's like this is why there is a reason for that because this period, like I didn't like anything that was pop culture music, like super pop. Like, no, yeah, like, this no. is what is popping off, and you're like, man, I really just want to listen to grunge or something. Yeah, or like just something like, I had to go listen I, I to a listen totally to different, different music around music. them, but I definitely do remember this song, and I probably remember like the Disney version or the shit that played on TV. That's probably what I heard first, but there's a lot there was a lot of other versions and like uh that plays in every department store across the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. even the movie Stuart Little uh, he uh, Lou Bega wrote a song for the end credits that's called One Plus One Equals Two. Is it true. is the exact same melody. It's just different lyrics. But One Plus One Equals Two does... Well, that's not even true. So if anything, he devolves yeah. his own song of counting to five by only adding one and one and getting to two. Yeah, I mean, uh, less effort, more money. Okay, wow, so what a, what a only... brilliant deconstruction. And this, it's interesting how crazy this song was. The only other song I can think of that was his is Scatman, right? Didn't it's he, not his song. It, no, no, it's he not didn't his do song. That. No. He did, that's a cover? No. No. No, it's a different guy. Yeah, Scat- Scatman's a different guy. Scat- he did do something with Scatman. With oh. the Scatman. But yeah, but. That, that is that sort of like salsa mambo, like... At, like fucking yeah. so uh, that, that's okay. the well, other thing going Afro-Cuban on at this time thing. there is like see I can't a, even think of something there else is that like he a, did there is Nothing. a salsa uh, music scene building up around that Latin music scene that's building up around this time that doesn't get much further into the 2000s and, and big band stuff before that with like Brian Setzer Orchestra and yeah, like, like Ricky Martin and Ricky, shit. Ricky Martin is the big one yeah like, but Ricky like, Martin is like is like the proto Lou Bega it's but, like, yeah like this he, shit was he ran because Ricky Martin walked first yeah we're talking about like evolutions of sub genres and like you know that's there is kind of like that sub genre of this this like latin dance music that was kind of building in the 90s that kind of crescendoed into i guess mambo number five has a pop pop version of that that wasn't it wasn't real it was mambo but it also wasn't mambo you know um 
but yeah, it, I mean, it, it doesn't even really sound Latin to me, really. No, because no, I mean, like the mainstream, it, like it Latin has, would be like Jennifer Lopez and like, uh, like uh, what's his name, uh, Santana, Santana making a comeback with yeah. Rob Thomas. Well, the, the, the entire it's not music like video is merengue or salsa or anything. No, like this, this, the entire like, music video hot. itself is like lent to like the twenties, like Roaring Twenties esque. Yeah, that's a, that's to that's it. around the, that's like around the time that Mambo was actual Mambo was. Well, that's kind of a, a that's thing. what I mean, just by comparison. Person. like that's what's that that the inspiration that's right? different than just straight up latin music but it, it uh yeah all it the does, way into the 50s I mean, with De- desi arnez with i yeah. love lucy i mean that he's the mambo king like he he is the guy that was like the god among like mambo guys these guys were coming off of like the boats at cuba i mean like during the revolution and shit they were getting the fuck out of there and going to florida and getting to new york city mm-hmm. like where the music scene was big and mambo was a huge thing in america because they were refugees they were like i get the fuck out of here this is not going great where i live so yeah mambo was a huge thing but you're right it starts back like in the roaring 20s yeah i mean it's it, it was it was a big ago. thing for decades if and anything. this was a, which so, is definitely what he's alluding to in the music video right yeah well he, uh, kind, kind of he, there was a guy who wrote the original mambo number five are you gonna go yeah. into this uh you can you can if I mean, you got the notes quick. on it it's just yeah so, there, there is actually a mamba a song called mamba number five there wasn't like a one two three i think there was a mambo eight there was a mambo number that's like, eight that's that classic trick right yeah. Like I've heard this before. Like you did, they have like a song or like sample a dance, or a sample, and so that yeah. you makes people think that there's other ones. You guys talked about this with Vanilla Ice in the last episode. This is a guy named Perez Prado. Uh, I guess he he was kind of a Tito Puente. Yeah, uh, adjacent. Adjacent. I, it may have been before, maybe after. I don't really know much about Puente, but this is 1949 when he wrote it, and basically he died in the 70s or 80s. But his estate owned the rights to Mama Number no. Five, and they contacted Lou Bega, and they were like, "What are you doing?" And of course, the the whole lawsuit ended up being, you know, you owe us a lot of money because you're you're killing it with this. And his whole thing was he evolves on what the original song was so much that it's considered like a different piece of art. A different piece of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so it's transformative art basically at that point. So what they decided on, I think some money went out to the estate just to sort of like as a settlement, mm-hmm. but they decided that Lou Bega and Prado co-wrote Mambo Number no. 5. It's written by both men at this point. Okay. So they're both given credit. No one's discredited. But I guess it's because that Mambo Number no. 5 by Prado is not like, it wasn't making money really. I mean, I'm sure some people, some really eclectic like hipster types were like, finding old records of Prado's and going, this guy, this guy's got a legacy, man. Yeah. But it wasn't something that was like jumping off the charts or anything like that at that point. I mean, it's, it's a 50-year-old song. He did that. Like, he probably could have called it Mambo Number no. 6 and it still would have been Yeah, it didn't matter. Popular. Call whatever you want. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah, do you feel the need to do that? Well, because you can't count past five. Yeah, that, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> he only knew five yeah. girls' names. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so go go into who Lubega is. Yeah, we got to get into Lubega a little bit. He's a... He's a dude, he's a character. So, where do you think? Where do you think Lou Bega's from? Yeah, what's his ethnicity? Where, where's his his country of origin? What do you think? I would say something like. I, don't know. I would have honestly thought he was American. I wouldn't have thought he that's, was. An that's fine. Maybe, yeah, maybe, that, like, maybe like a, second yeah. generation Cuban uh, yeah. or maybe something. A, like, maybe yeah. like Canadian or something. Fair, I feel like it's gonna guess. be some wacky uh, shit. It sure mm. is. Uh, like uh, like I, he's I thinking, actually Peruvian. Lou, or right. Right. Like well, that, that would make sense if he's Peruvian or like Cuban sense. or something. To where there's a lot of actors like that. To where like this guy is like Cliff Curtis is from New Zealand, but all he gets cast as is like. 
like Chicanos and like Hispanic people and like like cavemen and stuff. Anyone with like melanin in their skin, right? He can he can pass for it. This guy's a Kiwi and this guy's from fucking New Zealand. Yeah. So this guy could be kind of like that. Tell him where he's from. Lou Bega is German. Huh. He is from. He speaks German. He is from Germany. Born and raised German. But That's you probably think, really well, he's got what? He's got Cuban parents or something, or or Spanish blood in him. No, his dad is Ugandan and his mother is Sicilian, so he's none of that. None of that. No, he's wow. none of that. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. I, I, all these years, I've always thought that yeah, he's probably Spanish or yeah, some something. Yeah, South American. Uh, before the Mambo Number no. Five days, he we listened to a, we heard a little bit of like what his old shit sound like. It was way different. Yeah, way different. It was it was shitty. It was awful. Yeah, it but, sounded more like like almost rap funk like kind of like sugar ray you know a little bit like that where it's a little eclectic mix of kind of everything almost like 311 meets or i'm sorry i'm sorry sublime meets like pop rock in a way it sounds a little bit more like that it's weird and so the mambo number five thing or the mambo thing came from uh his producer uh, Guar, I can't remember his last name. I can't remember. But it's a German, it's a German guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gustav Hindersalt. Yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah. He he's the one who he who's a Mambo fan, and he's like, "This is gonna be your new look. We're gonna rebrand you here. We're gonna give you a whole new look. We're gonna give you a new aesthetic." <laughs> and so they come up with Mambo number five, and that shit's a <laughs> he's dead. It's like a massive fucking hit. Right. right? Yeah. No, no it, it <laughs> so totally, totally works. I mean, that outfit he's wearing too. It looks like the suits they wear and the party scene in Dumb and Dumber. You remember like the blue yes. and orange suits? It's like a white version of that and somehow it works on this guy, I guess, but he still looks like, he looks like the fucking guy from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I mean, he looks ridiculous. He looks like Dick Tracy in this goddamn outfit. He's yes. got this thin little mustache. Oh, yeah. man. This pencil's thin mustache. It's he's got like a Vincent Fedora. Price mustache. Yeah, it's awful looking. He's sitting there dancing and it's just... Like it's it's not even like like it's a like super well choreographed like video or anything. No, no, right? he's it's just a spinning lot of like, around. It's yeah, it's a lot of like almost B roll shit that's just strung together right. while he recites this chorus three or four times. He's dancing, you know, like that that thing he, with Liam Neeson and Taken Three where they show him jumping over that fence and it's like seventeen cuts showing him jumping over a fence because he's like seventy four. It's like he can't do anything. But if you if you rapidly edit something, it looks frenetic and like it's happening. That's what he's doing with his dance. You're only catching like a second and a half before there's next cut and then they show like a 1929 trumpeter or something and then yeah. it cuts back to him like wiggling his hips a little bit yeah wiggling his eyebrows he's or just so looking over the top at, yeah <sighs> looking at the camera and cha, cha, cha. Yeah. Cha, cha, cha. so like girl dancer girl dancer yeah girl and dancer, he's just singing the song girl dancer girl dancer girl dancer he's singing the song about like all apparently all of the women that names they use in these this music this song are like actual people okay, he's so, been with so he's just listing off all these girls <laughs> that he fucked yeah and they're all real people, Class which makes act. the Disney version even funnier. Wait, wait, cr- yeah, like Disney <laughs> came to this guy, and it's like you have you have a hit list of like women you've conquered or whatever, and this is what we want in our catalog is a guy that's like basically saying, "I'm a piece of shit, womanizing like trash, false Cubano." It's a very strange move for Disney on that behalf because yeah, it's a very like I guess it's a sexist song. I guess it is, right? I mean, it it's got kind of elements there, but probably I think you'd have to. I guess you would have to look, look pretty look, hard. Right. I mean, it's basically babies. saying yeah, it's just 
this is the one I had this night, and then this night, yeah. and then this night. I would argue that it is very sexist, just because even if you can get past the like, oh, him talking about his sexual romps or whatever, it still ends with him basically saying to all the women listening to the song, here's all the women I've been with, and you're next. Yeah, like, it's almost okay. like a threat in a way. Like there's, you can't run and you can't hide. Like it's going to happen. Yeah. Like I, I, I am that charismatic. No, yeah, you like can't you see, run, no, you can't hide. Yeah, because it's me. It's Mama Number Five. <laughs> Mama Number Five. <laughs> so if you're wondering, let's do like, the wiggle. Yeah, wiggle, sidestep, <laughs> wiggle. So th- this is one of those songs in the '90s that was everywhere. Um, and like this is really his only hit. Uh, he did do other songs um, that I, I've, I think I've heard at least one of them. But did they also include Counting? Yes. Yeah. Fucking really? Yeah. Right, that, mm. The other song he did was uh, I Got a Girl, which the it, it all, it's the chorus is like, I got a girl in Spain, I got a girl in... The, that's no the way. He's just yes. naming geography yeah. instead of numbers <laughs> like, and women's yeah, names. Yeah, Mama number five is all the girls he fucked, and then <laughs> I got a girl <laughs> is the places is, of all the girls he fucked. These are the places I fucked. So let me let me ask you this. And like he's got, there are three other songs that are just fucking like that about him just all the girls he's fucked so Jesus when about a week ago when i was watching the video for the first time i'm sitting there like brushing my teeth and it's just it's one of those things like i can't just sit down and watch this i need to multitask to make this worth my time like something actually needs to happen while i'm watching this shit so i watched the video it's just like i remember it it's borderline unwatchable and it goes on for like two and a half minutes too long and it's a three minute song so after it's over with, YouTube pops up the little like, you may also like these, mm. and it's more Lubega. And I'm like, I have no idea what else Lubega's done. Never so heard it. There was one that was like from last year. You could tell because he looked a little bit older, and I'm like, I guess he's still doing this shit. I click on it, and he looks like he's about 57, 58, maybe like closing it on 60, which is not that tracks, I guess. You know, Ladies like and gentlemen, Mambo number 17. Oh, it's the, it's the exact same shit. I mean, like nothing's changed. I had one in an apartment yeah. and one in a car. He hasn't broken any formulas. Yeah, he's just doing the alphabet this time. So I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, he's probably like, Fifty-seven, because he look now he looks like Giancarlo Esposito, the guy that plays Gus from Breaking Bad. He just has that sort of like, ooh, fuck, like this guy smoked a lot of cigars. I looked this guy up because in the in this video, Mama Number Five, I'm thinking he's like. 35, 34, maybe. Like, he's been around a while. He's established, but now he's... Late 20s, early 30s. He's breaking out in America now, but this is not, like, his first rodeo. You know how old he is in Mambo number 5? 17. 23. He is so young. He sounds like he smokes a pack a day. He is 47 now. He is 47 wow. now. I can't believe he's younger than you. Oh, shit. God damn. <laughs> How many times are you going to use it, man? Just keep as going many back. As we have keep going episodes, back to Mike. the fucking well, man. As many as we have. My dick does not work. No. <laughs> <laughs> but what else do you want to say about Mambo number five? Uh, is there anything the, else to cover? Is there anything else to cover about Mambo number five? All the, par- wow. all the parodies are better. I, the, yeah. the Bill Clinton one is funny. Oh, so, so there is... A thing in 1999 when the song came out, Clinton was doing something, um, and they were going to use this as promotional material for a Clinton-related ad. And then I guess it took like his brilliant ad campaign strategist 
to realize like the name Monica's in the song. It's one of the fucking five names or whatever. Mm -hmm. So let's pull that out of there. But they were literally cutting this thing together before someone finally like saw the giant red on the board saying, oh, by the way, Monica's one of the nine words in the lyrics here. <laughs> so they pulled that and I guess they add like never ran because it was already put together. It was literally already cut together and mm. they just dropped the whole thing. But I, I did not know this until we watched the one with the lyrics. I hadn't really paid attention because there's barely anything in there. It's it's all pretty like discernible what he's saying. Yep. What does it mean when he, he had to come up with words for like the trumpet to lead up to that? Because he says the trumpet like 19 Pl times. He says, please set in the trumpet. No, well, he, there's a part where he says, let me dump it. Yeah, he does. And I'm yeah. like, let me dump it. <laughs> like you, you had okay. like so five I, lines to so write. So I looked over at you and said that because I, yeah, I took an interpretation from the song that I had never realized before, which is that it on the surface it sounds like he's talking about oh, just women I've slept with, but something about the lyrics almost makes it sound like he's actually talking about strippers or prostitutes. Like that, yeah, let me dump it. And then like, let's go around the corner to the liquor store and not stay here and drink gin and juice. Like, are you in a strip club? Like what, what is, what are you saying right now? I, yeah, I have no idea what the song's actually about. Cause it sounds like a party situation in the beginning. And then he just starts listing off women's then names. He's like, yeah, Cole, just let me, let me dump it. I have, and then there's what? a dance number No, and, and then I don't care. I was thinking about him like trying to figure out how to write this song, and I was just picturing that scene on an uh, Eight Mile where he's on the bus, you know, and he's like writing down lyrics, and you know, he's like nodding his head, and he's trying to like make his way up, and it's Lupeg, and he's sitting there, and it's just like you see what's scratched out, like what he's trying, it's like Robert, and like you know Ben Gunter, yeah. and it's like no, 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 and then he writes down like Monica, and he just like smiles, like a light bulb goes over his head, and it's like fuck, there it is, man, I'm in. <laughs> Mambo number five there in his little notebook. There, there weren't words before. It was just a stick figure with big titties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bottle of like gin and juice next to it. But then he wrote, but then he wrote one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, and like, like, yeah. Oh, count me trumpet. <laughs> you only got one shot, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just writes down below, all at the very bottom. Dot dot dot. The trumpet. <laughs> That's good, man. Oh, I like that. Mambo number five. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Uh, anything else? Nah. All right, change it. Something incredible is happening that will give Sega Genesis even more power. Game Genie now works with your Sega Genesis system in most games, like Sonic the Hedgehog, Kid Chameleon, Toe Jam, and Earl. Game Genie for Sega Genesis. Excellent. But then our personal superhero... Archie, the strongest man in the world! Where Artie came from, no one knows. But ever since he arrived in our town, evil has had to haul butt. All right, we're back, and we are covering the adventures of Pete and Pete. Why, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Why, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Man. Fucking best opening theme really, of all uh, time. Like, such, so nostalgic. Yeah, that's great, man. It uh, ran from 1992 to 1996. So, yeah, we watched... Uh, uh, Episode four from season one, Range Boy, in which um, Big Pete takes a job as a golf ball collector at his dad's golf range. And uh, little Pete and Artie are trying to doctor a wounded turtle back to life that uh, fucking Artie had a lot of uh, adventures with in, in Europe with um, Hemingway. <laughs> 
Is that a pretty good synopsis of the episode? That, and that sounds like I fucking had a big stroke. <laughs> you missed not, all the part about yeah, him becoming not, a bear. He's not just working at the range. <laughs> he's in, he's embarrassed about the fact that he is a range boy. Yeah, correct. And he doesn't and he, want the other kids to find out because then out. he would have to move away, get facial. Yeah, his life is plastic over. Plastic surgery yeah, to become a new man. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that's, his name the, was? that's the brilliance of this show is there's no way to fucking surmise the plot in like a sentence or two. And then when you do and you get it all out, it sounds like a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not like the Wonder yeah, yeah. Years, like, yeah, this is the one where fucking Kevin, like, kisses Wendy by the pond or whatever and his, no, da- this, his dad doesn't have enough meatloaf and gets this mad. This is the one where he has a fever dream about how he'll have to reconstruct his face if the kids yeah. at school find out he's a range boy so he concocts a plan to become a range bear by wearing a bear costume yeah. while he does his job. This is like a Hunter S. Thompson novel. So, <laughs> and, and, and meanwhile, his little brother is playing with the neighborhood insane man to Dr. Turtle. There you go. That's I, okay. Yeah. So, so not I, only have I never seen this show before, I had never heard of this until you guys talked really? about it. Yeah. Really? I had no. I figured through so, osmosis, you would have nope. like. Picked it was up probably the nope. first live action show I remember ever watching. So really. when, yeah, it may be when on this came, yeah. when we started watching it just now, I was immediately taken aback and thinking. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, is it, are we watching? <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's a, a live action it's, cartoon. Yeah, it's it's right. Pete or you know whoever, whichever Pete is telling a story. Like in real time, he's narrating breaking his, the fourth wall. Yeah, he's yeah. narrating to you as his, if he's uh, and every time it cuts to him, he's posed like he's taking a class photo. Right. Yeah, he's sitting there <laughs> telling you about a time or an event you know just some adventure that he was involved in and he's narrating it and it's jumping back and forth it's talking about like some b-side story yeah it's it's recollective but it's not like an adult version but of him looking back at like the wonder it, years it's like yeah. everything I don't think you ever see it in this episode but correct me if i'm wrong but doesn't he have like a journal and like isn't that why it's no, told I don't that think way. so. No, I, I don't. I don't did. think it ever shows that. Maybe if it does, it's, I, yeah, it's barely I, I a thing. I don't remember if he has a journal or not. I just know that the thing about Pete and Pete that stands out, like as a whole, that's so fun, is just that everything is like larger than life. Artie is the strongest man in the world. If he's discovered oh, that he's a range, absolutely. Every, everyone is so fucking steep with like existential dread too. Like if, everyone's like plight each episode is like astronomical. Dire. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. like this is world ending, and I will crumble. And everyone, if it happens, a, a, like a cartoon, everyone wears their archetypes clothes, right? Yeah. And that's yeah, all they wear. It seems like the when driver. they're at the when they're at the golf range. The like student the, bus driver is dressed, dressed as, as the bus dress driver. driver. Right. No one's dressed as uh, like they're going golfing. No, here. no one. No one's off the job or whatever. Uh, so like an. Artie was that his name? Ar- yeah, Artie's, yeah, Artie's dressed world. like Where's Waldo. Yeah. So when Dalton made a joke that he's the imaginary friend, I was like, Yeah, sure. He, <laughs> he looks like it. it. <laughs> I, was like, I, th- I thought, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's he's what like, he oh, looks that's like. That's plausible. Ar- he's this kid's like, fever. He doesn't dream. look like a real person. All of a sudden, it just starts dawning on everyone who ever watches the show. Like no one ever actually acknowledges Artie, <laughs> and you're like, Oh yeah, shit! No, he's he, he <laughs> it's like a janitor from Scrubs situation. It's kind of like. It's not problematic in any way, but like you look at like what a modern show would be with Artie, and it's like it's certainly not this because Artie is like a an amalgam of 
like the special needs guy that lives in the woods behind the neighborhood, but also like a pure schizophrenic, like like psychiatric ward release patient or someone that escaped. And I don't know what the fuck he's because he's, he's got a Michael Myers mask. <laughs> and he's a sweetheart, and he's like pure. He's pure like childhood joy undiluted in a man's body that hangs out with a bunch of kids. But he also had there's full bulge in Artie in every episode because <laughs> yeah. good God Almighty he's got like, the tightest pants he has on the, the tightest pants. Hey, that's he, what the strongest it, man in the world. Hey, you know what? He, he never he ran out of dick. He never. Yeah, he never. He never accused Artie, the strongest man in the world, of running out of dick. But he he's wearing this like spandex shit, and he is flexing those poses constantly with the littlest ar- muscles. Arcing that back. Oh God, yeah, he's like a probably a, a bucks. 15 like six feet seven soaking wet it's very very strange i wanted to tell you i knew you would like this and i may have mentioned this before he's played by toby huss who's he was on seinfeld for an episode and he played kind of the similar role he played the mattress king like elaine's boyfriend and he's doing like all these rip 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 i am the mattress king and she knew him from somewhere but he's completely normal when he's with her but he's forever like the mattress king the other thing he's known for besides Artie is he voices a character on King of the Hill. He voices oh. Khan. No really? way. Ocean neighbor. Huh. So this guy's main career path has been playing a special needs schizophrenic guy on Pete and Pete, a live action cartoon character, and playing a Laotian stereotype in King of the Hill. Wow. Yeah. You're blowing my mind right now. That's, huh. yeah. that, wow. But that's, it's so weird about like Pete and Pete. It's like, yeah, the episode is about him like finding the courage to just like, you know, not be embarrassed of the job that he has working on his dad's range. As if anybody in real life would care. As if anyone in real life would even care. <laughs> yeah. But when he retells the story, it's like everybody wants to know who's in the bear costume. Everybody's right, right. showing up yeah, to yeah. come shoot right. balls at him. And when he gets balls shot at him, there's so many. They're pelting the cart. They're hitting his brother and dad when they're over there trying to, <laughs> like... But run the event, yeah. and when he talks about Artie, it's like he's hitting balls three hundred thousand. Yeah, I guess that is a good way to describe there. the show. It's the kids telling normal stories, but making them fantastical. Yeah, he's and so them up. He's everything like, I, looks I, yeah. like a, a, a picture yeah. book. He's talking about so, it like yeah. it's an epic retelling, and he's putting a lot of flavor and everything into it. And when you look at Pete and Pete through that lens of like, mm. oh, well, he's just embellishing on everything. And That's it. it. It's, it's That's kind of show. perfect, though, because, I mean, it's a total fucking alternative Gen X show. I mean, it's 1992 to 1996. And, I mean, that stuff is thriving. I mean, that theme song alone is like straight up a better than Ezra song or something, like playing in the front yard. But what I think is 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 during that slacker generation, we've talked a lot about Gen X uh, this weekend with a lot of the topics we've had, is that like... Well, I don't have Vietnam, and I don't have, like, a draft to worry about. I don't have all these things from, like, the 80s to worry about. Like, you know, the AIDS fucking epidemic kind of got figured out. Like, you can't get it from sitting on a toilet seat or whatever. I really don't have anything to complain about. The economy's doing well. So what is, like, my plight as a teenager? And it's just commonplace stuff. Like, that's the existential dread. Just being it's, like, a kid. Just yeah. being young. Yeah, like, yeah. young kid is... Like, it's funny because that I think that's the real appeal of the show too. A kid, we're talking about how like yeah, it's this, it's this problem that wouldn't matter to anybody. It seems no. like it's such a big deal, but like, it's but so the, huge to him, right? Exactly, yeah. right. and to and, and, and to every kid, like that's how it feels. Like, right, when every you have a problem, problem 
it seems like it's a massive ordeal for you to have to deal with and you never really stop to think like oh no one else probably even cares right no exactly no yeah no. and it's it's yeah. not poorly written like a, lo- a lot of the the monologues and the soliloquies that big pete's doing it's like something from a fucking philip roth novel it's, <laughs> it's like really <laughs> analytical yeah. and like high like hyper critical of himself it's very very strange but then the rest of the show when it's not big pete He's very articulated yeah absolutely like, okay. and uh a lot of the rest of the characters it's like a live action like doug or something and mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's great because I think like, that's where i'm getting the shows confused too because doug has a journal and he does a lot correct. of the same thing right yeah. He, yeah. he dreads and dreads Quail and man. dreads yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very nebbish and just like everything is like such an ordeal. Yeah, a lot of it is like him making a mountain out of a molehill when really it's like... And it's very fantastical. Yeah, exactly. Most people are kind and nice and it's not going to be that big of a deal and no one's going to ridicule you. It's okay. Um, But Pete and Pete is sort of like... It is sort of anxiety fueled because the people are actually doing the shit that he's dreading. A lot of that stuff actually comes to fruition and it is insane. And I, I never really thought about it like that, about like it being sort of a retelling of an event from his past, but told in a modern sense. And it's all an embellishment. Because you're right. Like, I never really thought about Artie being like an imaginary character. It's like someone that was probably just like a homeless guy that lived in the woods. But the way they remembered him is like, oh, yeah, he was a superhero. Yeah. Like, that was like our Superman when we were kids. Yeah, At the grocery goof. store, he's just or flashing he's like, his dick at people. <laughs> 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 just get, just, just goofy shit's yeah. going on, right? Like, when he starts talking about the hunters and the bears and all yeah. this element of, like, yeah. them being gone from the town that he lives in and everything. And so the hunters show up at the golf range, still in hunting gear, carrying shotguns into the store. They're like, give me some balls to hit at that bear. It's like, that's... That's his idea of like what is going on out in his community right now. Right. Is yeah. people are actively seeking him out because he's made such an impression on them. And then at the end when he like takes the bear head off and reveals himself as being the one who, you know, is piloting yeah. this, a grand humbling, yeah, yeah. Who's obviously pilot yeah, the range boy, the guy that normally drives the cart right. obviously <laughs> is piloting the car right. that picks up the golf balls. Not only the, any different. The, right. Yeah, yeah, but they mark that be. moment with like heroism because he saves his dad from being hit by all the golf balls. Yeah. And it's almost like this grandstanding like I am Spartacus moment or something. Yeah. And it's like Jesus Christ, they're really going big with these little moments. But it seems like it matters in that community in that show. It, I mean, it, it's like Mayberry on acid. It's, well, it's so strange. It's in strange. his retelling, right? It's like yeah. everyone is involved in his retelling and everyone is heavily invested in it. And that may not be true, right? It, it, it could be, like, in reality, they just could have been bystanders just in the background. Sure. But him retelling this story, they're crowded around him. They're sitting there chanting. They're waiting for him to pull off the head. And then when he reveals it, they're all like, oh! And then they all just meander away. Like yeah. That, these yeah. were just yeah. the same people that were pelting him yeah. right. with hundreds of golf balls. Well, the reveal wasn't as exciting as Exactly. It wasn't as crazy be. as he thought it was going to be. So it being and, a retelling kind of brings you to another interesting idea if if that's true it seems like big pete doesn't probably have a very high opinion of his dad because his dad no. is such a bumbling idiot really yeah yes yeah, yeah. but he, he seems sympathetic and like a nice guy right yeah, yeah. but he's he's, big pete he's seemed not, like an asshole when he's, he's him. not assertive 
right? No, no. Not at all. He's very meek. He's very timid. No, he, he has he, values his, and he's sticking to them. He's limited. Says to his dad, like, I'm going to pelt this yeah. at your son or whatever. God, they, <laughs> they cast the most Imagine my golf face, ball God. is your son's your head. Son's head yeah. So that I can <laughs> slam it hard. And he's like, well, well, funny that you speak of my son. He's right down there. <laughs> he's right there. Yeah. You could hit his head at his head. Yeah. yeah. He goes to tell the people, like, well, the bear's not here. And then he just stumbles over his words and hides behind the podium. So good spirited. It reminds yeah. me a lot of um did you ever have did you ever have to read the like Judy Bloom books when you guys yeah. were a kid? The Super yeah. Fudge and Tells of a Fourth Grade Nothing and Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm. those are like cause Fudge would be sort of like Little Pete because Little Pete's got like some Bart Simpson energy. Like he's an entrepreneur. Like he's always figuring out some way to like make a hustle Scheming. on something. Yeah. Always. And like he's mm. smart. He's a t- fucking tattoo for God's sake. Like a sailor, you know, like like off for the weekend. He's He runs around with Artie and they basically like scheme and make money and profiteer from things. I mean, he's the kind of guy that would be like like a war profiteer in a different country. And he's got Bart Simpson energy, but he's also got fudge energy because he's not like really the main character in those super fudge books. He's just sort of like the wild element throughout the chapters in that. And the town does seem sort of fantastical in those books. And the, I guess that came out around the same time those books were being published. Maybe they were, they were in the 80s or late 70s. I yeah. really have no idea. But it came out around a perfect time where like I guess they were really gaining a lot of popularity with kids. But this show, for sure, like with the Nickelodeon lineup, this and Ren and Stimpy were like the really odd men out because we had Rugrats and we had Doug, and those are pretty like. Well, Doug kind of fit like Pete and Pete kind of feels like Doug it just does. in Very live action. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just feels like fantastical, cartoony, nematode myth, small town. Yeah, yeah. Just, exactly. Just, just weird ass like. And then day in the this, life yeah day in the life yeah. is shit but it's not like a sincere like boy meets world or anything it's like no just wacky ass characters being weird and like being very comical or like larger than life everything feels very exaggerated yeah and it, but it's fun it's, it's it's done in like a you know it's a fun goofy way it's like oh i could imagine being like a 14 year old and having to wear a bear costume or like being a mascot and you're just sitting there dancing it's like the shots linger real long everything is very simple there's no crazy like camera work or anything it's just a lot of like it's like a wide wide angle close up stuff so it distorts the faces and it's kind of just like a flat looking show like nothing's like Artie is the brightest thing in the entire thing but that's because of his fucking clothes you can definitely tell that this is early Nickelodeon because the production value you like the sound design is not very yeah, good either so like you shit. could hear the hear the cuts and like it's, they're it's, probably using a boom that's too far away half the sure. time yeah it, yeah this, this is a oh, bunch yeah. of the audio yeah. was very very, very telling yeah, very, yeah. Like, that, that production and, crew is a bunch of stoners with long hair wearing flannel and shorts like cargo shorts I mean, this is like, probably this the is second exactly show is. this is probably the second show to come after like hey dude uh, you hey, know? dude, salute your shorts. Yeah, and salute yeah. your shorts. Yeah. And so, like, this is, yeah, very early for, like, them still kind of trying to find, you know, 
their feet. Hey, dude, and, is not like a comedy. Like you kind of remember it being like it's like, pretty straightforward. It's from so what I remember. straight. It's a horse yeah. ranch with a lot of like earnest, like will they, won't they, like teenage characters. Right. Yeah. And then salute your shorts is like it's, to, it's, it's like the teenager humor. Baywatch more or less. Right. Like, exactly. It's kind of like a horse ranch in he, Montana yeah. or something. <laughs> but like yeah. salute your shorts is straight up like it's kind of an Ernest goes to camp energy and yeah, like you know which, they, they tell like myths about like zeke the plumber without the fucking nose and all that that's got some pete and pete energy but this is completely like undiluted zany like gonzo live action energy it's perfect for nickelodeon yeah. pete and pete really it, really rem- like the pete and pete and goosebumps like stand out to me the most growing up as like the live things that i watched yeah that weren't like cartoons and shit and it yeah. just feels like yeah, it's just it's just a lot of like wacky cartoony. Wacky. The aesthetic aesthetics are very similar. Um, yeah, all quirky, sort of surrealist ways to tell coming of age. Uh, that's the main thing is the surrealist yeah. quality. Cause yeah, like, the like, guy yeah. even has like a golf club. It pans down his golf club, and it gets to, and it's just like attached to his golf club is a. A model puppet version of himself with a golf club yeah. <laughs> it's the that ball. drives it like when, thousands of meters yeah, and when, stuff. Yeah. When, Artie, when Artie's hitting a golf ball he's using like a fucking hockey stick and a pipe yeah later. it's like happy Gilmore style yeah, and yeah, yeah and he's Holy hitting it like shit. hundreds of thousands of meters away and he hits it onto a turtle 300,000 yards away and the golf ball is placed perfectly on top yeah, of the and turtle. Yeah, and he sees it happen okay. and he, 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 he freaks. It. Yeah, Speaking a, of the turtle, I got lost somewhere in the sub-story of the turtle. What, okay, so why the turtles he, are actually amphibians. So the thing is, Jesse, it's a uh, reptile. Uh, what, yeah. Wow, I've, I've learned something today. Yeah, some uh, some reptiles are not bipedal. Um, they have shells and they're small yeah, and they won't eat you if you come out of the you cave. ride it? Uh, I, well, depends I, on the size. You yeah. shouldn't ride this one; it gets amnesia <laughs> uh, easily. I I got lost somewhere in this in the side story with the How? turtle. They kept well, they kept talking about like, oh, they're trying to jog Steve's memory or whatever so, his name so, was. All right, so I, I can explain that. I think that I think that maybe um, you were eating an oversized hunk of meat that uh, tipped your car over when they explained this. <laughs> but, I was rubbing my feet. Our, our, listen, Artie basically has car- like Looney Tunes logic with the frying pan to where if you get amnesia... You just have to hit it again. Hit him with the frying pan again, and it reverses the amnesia. And Correct. that's what he's doing. Yeah. So he's trying to get a golf ball to hit Steve the Turtle again. That's no, but what-, what does Steve the Turtle know? He just doesn't remember all the adventures him and Artie yeah. went on. He, he, <laughs> he, trying, he, he already had a scrapbook about, about like yeah, Jesse, what don't saying, you get about the turtles? The I must have missed. They, they gallivanted even, in yeah. Europe with like Henry Miller and like Hemingway. He's showing him the scrapbook. Were you even watching? Yeah. I must have yeah, gone to the bathroom or something. It? I don't remember that part. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm like, what is happening? That's Why are we jogging the turtle's memory? Yeah, the, the turtle has like so he remembers hu- his human sentience. Life, yeah, dude. like if I got amnesia, would you want me to? No, no, you're not a turtle. <laughs> yeah, you mean you don't mean anything to us. We've never had good times together. I'm not scrapbooking. All right. Well, if Dawn got amnesia. No. <laughs> Jeff, hey, if I had amnesia, I wouldn't fix my amnesia. Did, did, <laughs> I want to ask you: did, You talk about goosebumps. Did, did anyone ever watch Erie, Indiana? Mm-mm. Was that a thing? What, what was that on? I think it was on Fox. And it okay, so it was the kid from Hocus Pocus, the movie, the main guy, Omri Katz. But when Hocus Pocus comes out, that's like ninety 
three or and four. I vaguely remember that show, but it I, sounds it familiar. So here, here's what it was, because I was always confused about this. When that movie comes out, Omri Katz, the main guy in that, is like 16. And then right after Goose, Goosebumps comes out, which is like 95, there was a show called Erie, Indiana. And it's kind of like a Twin Peaksy thing for kids. Like, I sort of remember this that. This kid yeah. moves to a town called Erie, Indiana, and basically it's kind of like a Twilight Zone. Anything can happen in the town, but it's reoccurring characters. It's the same people every episode. Kind of like Pete and Pete. It's him and this kid named Simon, I think. And like the devil comes to town and is all about capitalism or whatever. And like basically <laughs> everyone like becomes this weird slave to like buying things from a shop. And they always foil the plan by the end of it. But the kid from Hocus Pocus looks way younger in the show, even though it's like two years later. And what it was was like it was a Canadian goosebumpsy kind of thing that was made like in the really early 90s and then goosebumps came out as a tv show and canada was like we'll give you this fucking show that we don't air anymore from like 1990 and they would air it on fox sunday or saturday mornings after goosebumps okay because it's a live action like it so, was, yeah that's probably why i vaguely remember it it's a lot it, like pete and pete like Goosebumps is very corny. Like you go back and watch it now, and it makes Are You Afraid oh, of the Dark yeah. look like fucking like masterpiece theater. I mean, it's <laughs> it's almost unwatchable. But Erie, Indiana was more of a Pete and Pete sort of like tongue and cheek energy. And I was I was just asking and a recurring this. story, or all yeah. the stories are Goosebumps are all different every time. Right. We're like the the main two kids, like Pete and Pete, are kind of like the smartest and the no characters out of the whole town. Like they can see through the bullshit of what's actually happening. They're the ones that have the most like existential dread of the situation while everyone else is like, No, it's fine, it's a good thing. And everyone seems like at peace with what the thing is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I mean so right. this was your first time viewing it, Garrett. What did you yeah. think overall? God, I don't know. <laughs> That's great, though. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if you should like have a complete. I don't. Yeah, I don't have. I mean, I, I guess at this age, like, like, you know, what do you I'm relate to, to? I'm trying right? to think about like what my opinion would have been. I'm sure I probably would have watched it when I was younger. If right. if I had if I had because you oh, see yeah. someone that looks like you. Oh, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Kids are watching um, this show called Henry Danger right now. On a Netflix show, yeah. I don't know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. Baby it's, shows. I watch, it. watch like it. Yeah, I watch all, all of those like sitcom shows like right that now. It, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I watch a show like this, and I still feel like in a weird way it holds up more. At least not production, obviously, but no. at least in like what it's trying to say and what it's trying to be for kids. Yeah, I feel nostalgia like, for it. Yeah. Not just the nostalgia, but like the fact it's trying to be something authentic in the way that, like we were talking about earlier, it's a it's a surreal, quirky way to tell a coming yeah. of age story. Like there, there is not... still like that uh, um, sincere. It, it, it wraps the the themes up pretty sincerely. Like at, at the end, when you have him and I guess his girlfriend, you know, picking up the golf balls yeah. at the end, it, it that's when it starts to feel more like a real. That's when like a like real a episode of yeah. his life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's something super, like that's the real shit. It feels um, like something super new, super unique, especially for the time. And I just watch, see what kids are watching today. And like you, between watching YouTube influencers and watching shows like that, like this is all cookie cutter. All, all the vapid shit. Yeah, it's vapid and, well, and like formulaic. Pete, Pete and Pete, it just feels like. While there's all these, you know, we've said over and over again that they're very cartoonish, they're whimsical, they're wacky, they're f fantastical. It, in a weird way, still feels very grounded yeah. and very, like, real and kind of close 
to the real experience. Things that I remember. All I think all kids worry about. Yeah, like right? I remember being, you know, twelve, thirteen, or whatever, and being like, "Oh man, like I wore I wore this shirt to school today, and I didn't even realize that I got toothpaste on it, and now everyone's gonna." No, right. I got make toothpaste. Fun. I, I mean, you call, I was, they're going to call gonna me toothpaste kid. Because I put toothpaste. Yeah, right. they're going to call me. And pasty. then there's like a kid that had toothpaste on his pants or something, it, like a year uh, before, and like that kid's like in that a nut kid got made now. fun of. Yeah, they call, they got, his nickname's Colgate. <laughs> it's right. like the structure of the show and the way that it's told through the eyes of Big Pete, and him explaining everything and yeah, retelling something that has happened. Something about the way that that structured feels like it. It. It it captures that feeling of isolation and yeah, that anxiety of being a kid and not just having mm-hmm. the problems, but like you're in your own head yeah. and nobody understands and you. you. Connect, I, yeah. I connect yeah. to that a lot. I, I remember being mm-hmm. that kid. Yeah. When you're, when you're a kid, it's it. like everything's an issue. You feel all emotions all the time. Uh, at the their highest extremes and <laughs> i remember right. i remember worst. going to get a haircut one time and afterwards i i like didn't like the way that like just my hair was sitting or whatever my mom was like well, who gives a shit why do you care i was like my friends are gonna make fun of me because my hair is doing the thing they're like they're not gonna make... she's like fuck your friends they suck then. If they make money, <laughs> right. who cares? Man, but, I, but, but like in that moment, you're like, lame. this is my range boy moment yeah. where my life will be changed forever. The yeah. like if 2000, they make fun irreversible. Yeah. 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 For 2000, 2001, something like that. Like when all the like gold tips were in, like everybody was doing their hair like oh that. I definitely tried to do that one summer for, and just dyed yeah. my hair orange. Oh. And it looked horrible for like an entire school year. Place well, to look good. Look handsome. Well, you are ra- you are wrapping up with your thoughts, Mike. Yeah, I I, I I I have one thing I want to express with Pete and Pete. I mean, first off, like I, I've said before, when we had Doug and Rugrats and all that, Ren and Stimpy and Pete and Pete were the two things where it's like this is the one thing where it's like I I don't even know how to express how much I like this because if like if your dad and your stepmom were in the room or whatever and you had cable and you guys had Nickelodeon and you're watching Rugrats you'd be sitting there like I don't think they want to watch cartoon babies but when I watch Pete and Pete and Ren and Stimpy I'm like I don't know what this is like I don't think this is for kids I don't know who this is for exactly but it's so fucking bizarre it's almost like intangibly good in a way that I I feel like it applies I feel like I'm learning something here what I like about Pete and Pete though and the way I can vocalize it like as an adult is it perfectly represents like innocence and introspection in like a cage match, but no one's going down. Like it seems like there's turmoil and it's being expressed in a really appropriate way. But at the end of the day, nothing's really all that wrong. And I think that even visually the way they do this as like a motif is it always feels in Pete and Pete's town like it is fall and there are leaves on the ground and you can wear a flannel and be totally comfortable. And that is totally that fucking show wrapped up in like one sentence. In a weird way, the sort of like, you know, ho-hum production like quality of the show actually kind of lends itself to it. Yeah, because it's supposed to feel like this average town that, you know, 
It's not anything that, really it, special. It feels like you could lift yourself up and place yourself there and very easily be one of these characters. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. worrying about stuff, just being one of Pete's friends or something like that. It, it feels like Halloween could be within two weeks at yeah. any point in that fucking show, and it's, like, <laughs> yeah. perfect. And because, Artie's already ready. Like, I, I, saw, I noticed <laughs> yeah. the leaves at the end and, like, the, the way it just looked like fall, and I was like, is that the... Is that when people are like going playing golf? Every time, time? Yeah. every time I remember <laughs> Pete and Pete, it's always flannel shirts, always. And orange leaves, <laughs> flannel shirts, always orange yeah. leaves. Yeah, like against the, against the perfectly manicured lawns, and it's sort of like that. The, I hate to be so pretentious by saying like visual motif, but that's what it is. And that like that fall represents like something ending and then a new thing coming there's kind of a dread in that and that like pretty soon winter's coming but it also represents like eventually there's going to be a school break coming up here pretty soon and like you're already sort of waist deep into what the next phase is because summertime is something completely different to a child like it represents freedom and spring is like renewal and you know you're you're leading up to summertime and you're coming to like a wrap on like the last phase of what just happened but autumn and fall and all that it always feels like something is coming yeah, yeah. like like that's Pete and Pete like it's time to, it's time to put away childish things in a way like we're getting ready to move into a cold time and it's going to be a very different time in my life it's so, very it's very nice man yeah i, I like it a lot it's, i'm so glad you guys fucking liked it i was worried because we were sitting there watching and i'm watch. like i don't think anyone's actually enjoying this but yeah no i oh, no, i, I love it i love it total I, I really, total I, comfort I, food I, man yeah i feel very yes exactly i feel super comfy it, if, if this it. show was a food it's fucking banana nut bread man where it's just like don't even warm it up man i was just thinking it i was thinking it in the aluminum foil you gave it to me and like it's fine man it's, it's such a rare treat i it's love cozy. it man it's yeah. nice that's great man yeah man awesome well i'm glad we had a good time watching that and talking about it but uh yeah any more thoughts again no. good show all right change it what do you have in your pocket? Monster in my pocket. They're here. They're everywhere. They're squishy. Monster in my pocket. New from Matchbox. Ladies and gentlemen, kiss me by six pence, none the richer. Kiss me <laughs> out of the bearded barley nightly beside the green green grass. Swing, swing, swing the spinning step. You wear those shoes and I will wear that dress. Oh, kiss me beneath the milky twilight. Lead me. Out on the moonlit floor, <laughs> lift your open hand, strike up the band, and make the, the fireflies. Fire fire. <laughs> Jesus, fuck, dude! I stopped. Wait, wait, wait. I noticed. You kept going. Oh, I thought we were gonna end after the first. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be. Oh, kiss there. me. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't I, stop after kiss me. You have to get through it. No, yeah. you don't. You have to get through it until you get make to the, the so kiss me. Until you get hard. <laughs> until everyone's like, okay, please stop, so, brother. Stop. I've never stop. been hard. Yeah. Right, let, him, let him go. Let him go. I, 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 no, I'm not gonna do it. No, 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 no. We, we've already we've broken. We we gave it a good college try. All yeah. Right.
just like she's all that. Yeah, well, well, we gave it a good high school going on college try. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> we gave it on. What? What was that? What were you looking at? My, my dog. Seemed like she was doing some yeah, You're looking off in the distance. He's looking at ghosts in the door. <laughs> That's what he was doing. Garrett he, looked at that front door like I just saw a fucking Sam Squam. You guys don't see? Did you have that? Did you have something else, or was it just when you were saying I've got something? Was it just the kiss me thing? Yeah, it was just kiss. Oh, okay, me. okay. I, I thought you had something else. To uh, do yeah, okay, I was hoping gotcha. you'd take the hint, but you haven't yet. Yeah, disease. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> come here. Come here. Seriously, come here. Yeah. No, one, yeah. no one's watching. No, we're good. Come on, we're in a cabin. It's okay. Yeah. We're in Pickwick. We're in good company. You good? Yeah. Yeah. We are. Okay. Yeah. That was a really nice. That was a really nice. Look, this mo- this is moment been, with that, you boys. I really felt a something pleasant happen. Episode with you boys. Yeah, like it really that, has. That just made me feel so comfortable and yeah. warm. This is Lou Bear singing. Kiss, Kiss me. me. Yeah. Kiss me. Yeah, we, no, we, well, he's got to count in first. Next one, to the mumbo, three, four, five. five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one, a two, a three, four, five. Kiss yeah. me, kiss me, because I'm the mumbo guy. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we really learned a lot about uh, how the, Lou Vega. The, fucking, the fucking late 90s were like trite, pandering, sellout trash uh, that appealed to the most common denominator. And then 1992 was a really nice year for Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's really, that's they, about, were, they were just getting started. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 a lot to take away there. But um, let's go ahead and figure out what we're doing for the next episode. Let's, so, let's roll. Yeah. Let's roll. Go ahead and roll. roll. Oh, sorry. The little ball drops and then kiss me. <laughs> so the movie we're covering next episode is Time Cop, starring uh, Jean Claude Van Damme uh, and Ron Silver. <laughs> Who the fuck put those oh, two man. together? Uh, and the TV show we'll be covering is MTV's The State, which is oh yes, yes, which is a, like an actually a funny version of yeah. uh, of Kids in the Hall. They, that's uh, that's like all the guys that eventually went on to Reno Nine One One. Reno Nine One One and What Hot American Summer. How many sketch oh, comedy shows are we gonna fucking roll? The nineties, the nineties is full fucking of them. lousy with sketch comedy shows, Holy but some of them are actually pretty good. So yeah, this is sort of like early Upright Citizens Brigade MTV energy shit. It's I think it's a lot better than Kids in the Hall. This will be fun. I yeah. like, like Kids it's, in the Hall. A, so it, yeah, you know. should be good. Yeah. What's yeah. A, what's our music video? And our music video is Matchbox. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not Matchbox Twenty. And our music video is Rob Thomas featuring Santana Smooth. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Do I know this song? Oh, you, yeah, definitely, you know you it. definitely know. Yeah, you, you've been in a fucking elevator and at a work party, I'm sure. So, yeah, you've definitely heard this song. This is like Rob Thomas sort of going solo and Santana coming back into like the, the mainstream because he did so much coke he couldn't sing anymore, but he can sure play a guitar. So yeah, he was like hot for a minute and just like jumping on other like pop artist songs and playing guitar. You'll know it. Well, well this will be fun. Yeah, this will be a good episode. I think <laughs> it'll be really, really good. So. Cool. Looking forward to it. Anything else, boys? No, I don't think so. Just kiss me.
<laughs> uh, I need the uh, moonlit <laughs> dance floor or whatever. Barley. The bearded barley. Bearded, which bearded I bearded barley. What the fuck does bearded barley mean? Well, it's probably like, you know. Is it some sort of plant? Is it some sort of plant? Sounds romantic. I, I thought it just meant like your bearded face or something. What? I, no, but no it, I, I think bar, like the plant of barley is bearded yeah, because it's, of the way it looks. Yeah. Got you. I think so that's it, what it means. Okay, it's it's like one of those weird colloquial things, like a corn of salt, you know, like corned beef. Did you know that? They have a little more than crocs in my head. No, no, in the eighteen hundreds, it was a very different time. Seriously, like corned beef. It's like, well, what what is the corn exactly? And it's it denotes the salt that you use, the spices that you use. That's all it is. That's the, that's the corned and corned beef. I think we all sound really dumb right now. No, we yeah. Yeah, we that, probably shouldn't right. talk about bearded Someone barley. is out of their depth right now. And it's all uh, of us. Anyways, and out of our day. If you like the show. <laughs> <laughs> and it's saved just like that. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I'm delirious. Just kiss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you like the show, uh, subscribe. Share it with your friends. Uh, if there's a place to review, then do that. And uh, follow, mm. you know. Only if it's nice. Yeah, yeah only if it's nice. Not the bad ones. I don't give a shit. The bad Bad ones, <laughs> email Mike's personal account. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm please gonna, do. I'm not going to fucking check. Well, I'm, I'm checking it. out after this and read into that any way you want to. If you want to write us a letter, do it too. I feel so fucking sad. No one's kissed me yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to sing with you boys and Sarah. Anything else, Mike? You left me hanging. No. This is. No, there's so many things, but I'll scream them in my fucking pillow tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. God, I didn't mean to say that out loud. No, everything's good. Yeah. I'm this has been a good trick. Yeah. yeah, it's a good episode. Uh, really good. This is nice, nice 90s roulette. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, two, three, four, four, change it. <laughs> See you next time, maybe, if you subscribe. Yeah. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, a two, a three, four, five. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. There it is. Yeah. There it Someone is. We, it. we finally yeah. figured it out. We seem to plug that into episode four now, and that be our clothes. It only takes all four of us to come up with something. Yeah. Yeah. If we smack around the same fucking joke for two hours, we'll eventually land on something where we're like, hey, that's kind of good. Hey, I, I will say this. I will say this. This is the first time since the first episode we've all been together. And even though the energy was like fucking rock bottom, there is more energy in those pictures when they like liberated the fucking camps in the Holocaust. <laughs> we somehow pulled this together for all three conversations and learned a lot about each other so the energy was good i'm glad i got to deal with all four all three of you boys all four of us together man that was nice yeah it wasn't just, as good as the last one but it definitely still felt i just good. think all yeah. of our tummies you, really hurt the, for me was that the, yeah, the fourth episode on uh, no, the last episode whichever one you want this is on. the, this is the fifth one okay yeah the this fourth is, one. yeah there's not one without me on it so uh, all right well I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna walk us out then okay, okay. yeah walk us out uh <laughs> Garrett, Garrett fell asleep. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> He's having a fucking stroke. Fuck <laughs> what is happening right now? What are you doing? Is this a bit? No, it's no, it's, it's not. It's not a bit. Yet. I'm having a stroke right now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I can't feel the left side of my face. No, that's go a, on. What? What?
<laughs> is there a thing? <laughs> Holy fuck! I mean, we already, we already have an exit, so if you got something, no, go ahead. I, I was ending it with the Lubega bit, and you just kept on going. You just said I have a thing. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's recorded, so yeah. I, 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 think, I, I, gonna I play think that this you back. will find there is a part where you said, "Yeah, I have a thing." I, I don't know. I don't know what you mean. He meant he has a thing to get to. He has to fucking leave, dude. <laughs> I think Garrett might be older than Mike. I think no, Gary really got spooked by that fucking sand squinch <laughs> in the door, dude. He saw ghosts. Uh, uh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Everything, all the nice things that I just said about the energy and like being together and like teamwork and all that, I fucking take all of that back. He is having an internal fit. <laughs> oh, he's picking up shit. I'm missing, I'm missing oh, rocks no. out of my pockets. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Play us out. Jesus Christ. Come on, let's play the thing board game now. All right. Yeah. Kiss me. Nope, not even on, oh. not even on you.